Hello and welcome to the first episode of the second series of The Nerds Who Haunted Themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine. Uh, in a slight change, when a series ends and cast members just mysteriously disappear and we don't tell you where they went, I'm joined by... Joy Amy Wickman. Yes, a lady. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Well, in the anatomically correct Thank you. sense. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say broadest. <laughs> <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Um, yes, we are back after a break due to necessary Comic-Con True Believers things. Um, Andy is off focusing on his I Am Zoot uh, art projects. Uh, if you're interested, check it out on Facebook at I Am Zoot. Um, yeah, so we're back. We're going to do a little bit of roundup of the nerd news, and then we're going to talk nerdy stuff. Clues in the name. Um, so yeah, nerd news, probably the first thing we should talk about is the sad loss of Terry Pratchett. Yeah, poor Sir Terry off to have curry with death. Indeed. Yeah. I nearly posted that. I was looking for all the different... <laughs> when we did it, I was looking at all the different death quotes, and in the end I went for the... Um... It wasn't a death quote. In the end it was the... Patterns in the Sky one. You're showing me up now as not have, having read what you've written. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else reads it. It's no. fine. It was it was a really it was really sad though I must admit I I, I was in the car when I found out and it, I I just parked and it kind of it was a bit like a punch in the stomach because when one of your heroes passes on it's a bit like somebody that you've known especially if you've read a lot of their work and stuff. Well, that's it. I've only ever read because at the time Terry Pratchett well, I was reading books first. I was more into comic books, so mm. books with no pictures I didn't really have time for. But I did read they. <laughs> Did graphic novels of Mort. Yes. Which I absolutely loved. And then I read the book of Mort, um, Colour of Magic and Light Fantastic. Yeah. I read yeah, those as graphic books. novels, uh, which were superb. But then I never read any other books apart from Mort, which, like I say, I absolutely adore Mort. Yeah, Mort is probably, possibly my favourite yeah. Terry Pratchett book. And I, when I was a teenager, I think I read, must have read it like ten times. And obviously <laughs> the, the base material for the film Meet Joe Black. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but, I think it was my, um, Terry Pratchett was kind of my introduction to the mixture between comedy and fantasy, um, which is something, obviously, I'm very interested in. Like I say, I love his work, I love the Discworld stuff, I love the things I've read about it without ever, ever actually reading the books properly. I was going to get back into the books, and then I watched The Hogfather, ah. or an episode of The Hogfather, and I'd never been so bored in my entire <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit of a bad move, wasn't it? And, yeah. It kind of put me off the idea of reading the books. But. Mm. Going Postal, they did quite well. I quite like the way they did I didn't even bother after The Hogfather. I didn't touch anything. Which is a shame, because The Hogfather's a really good book. Yeah, because they did Colour of Magic as well, which I nearly watched because I loved the graphic novel, but mm. I saw it was David Jason again. Nothing against yeah, David Jason. It's I just... not right. For me, it was always more of an Eric Idle kind of person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely some of that, or maybe a Paul Bettany. Oh, yeah. But I'd throw Paul Bettany in everything, to be Yeah, I, I, th- I think I probably would as well, actually. <laughs> so... But he's got all that Avengers money now. So. Yeah, that's true. He has got some Avengers money and doesn't even actually have to show his face. He doesn't, no. Although, now he's the Vision. So. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and what a Vision he is. He's still my dream casting for Doctor Who. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can see that, actually, Paul Bettany. Uh, he's my dream casting for Constantine. Yes. Mm. I'd go along with that as well. Yeah. But better than Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure we hit uh... the nail on the head there. <laughs> I just, uh, it's it's one of those things, I don't know whether he'd ever do Doctor Who, but I'd love to see him. 
Him and Jason Isaacs, they're my two polar oh. opposite Doctor Who's. Actually, yeah, Jason, and hello to Jason Isaacs. Obviously. Hello to Jason Isaacs, indeed. Um, and Fairport Convention. And Fairport Convention. <laughs> and Dave Morrison. And Bambi, uh, Sorry, Hang on, we've slipped into another Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all of them. Um, yeah, I, oh, Jason Isaacs would be wonderful. Um, and I'm, um, I believe I know his second cousin, I think that's how, they're, they're tenuously linked, they cool. know each other, and she just was talking about her cousin Jason, who was a proper actor, and she meant a couple of things that she was in, and I went, hang on, hang on, are you talking about Jason Isaacs? I'm like, yeah, like, why didn't you tell me you're related to Jason Isaacs? She backed away slowly. And... She did, she did. Um, but, <laughs> and you've yeah. now got a restraining order. Yeah, but excellent, excellent idea for Doctor Who, yeah, I could go for Jason. I could dreamcast Doctor Who for a while, too. Yeah, I could do it for hours. Doctor Who's one of those things, we'll probably talk about Doctor Who more later anyway. Oh, yes. But um, it's one of those things that you hate the actor to begin with, Mm -hmm. then you get used to the actor, then you love the actor, then the actor leaves, and then nobody can ever replace this. Uh, Yes, yeah, I've I've done that a lot. I think Chris Um, Bruxton did it perfectly by leaving at the end of a series. It gave you just enough time to love him. I don't think it was quite enough time. I I, I loved him, I did love him, but I loved Christopher Eccleston before he was Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped but I think two seasons might have been nicer it would have been nice it was quite good I mean they basically did what the movie did with Paul McGann where Mm -hmm. they showed you all aspects of Doctor Who but over a series at least yeah and you know the regeneration was quite nice again I would have loved Christopher Jackson to stay forever it would have made for a rubbish 50th anniversary three Doctors story just Christopher Jackson it really is a shame he didn't come back I know, I know. He, he could be a bit, I don't know, he could be a bit funny about stuff like that because, I don't know, being a proper actor, but the others are proper actors. Yeah, I don't think it's, I think that sort of, somebody gave him a bad rep as yeah, I don't think being this was... moody bastard who doesn't want to talk about Doctor Who, but then I know people and I've seen stories where people have talked to him about Doctor Who and he's loved talking about it. Yeah, I, I don't know, I've just got this kind of fantasy idea of Christopher Eccleston as being quite a moody bastard in a good way. In that, that kind of force to be reckoned with kind Perhaps of Perhaps he's just so relieved you didn't bring up G.I. Joe. Oh, yes. <laughs> or gone in 60 seconds. Mm, yeah, that's true. Oh, and if you stayed on at Doctor Who, then you wouldn't have been able to be Claude Rains in Heroes. See. In the only decent series of Heroes. They made more than one series of Heroes? No, they didn't. They See. stopped after the first season. It's like people keep telling me there's two more Terminator films. What? I know. Meh. It's bizarre. <laughs> people are crazy. But yeah, um... Yeah, we'll talk more about Doctor Who later. Um, the other nerd news that sort of got everybody up in arms for various reasons was the all-female Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're all up in arms, because there was an all-male Ghostbusters, and no one was really had a problem with that. Because, God damn it, we're not gay, but we know... <laughs> we don't want there not to be any dicks on screen. It, it just uh, it just seems really odd that there's such a Ferrari about it. I mean, I it seems think... to be more of a Ferrari about it being an all-girl Ghostbusters than a Ferrari over touching something as precious as Ghostbusters. My issue with it isn't that it's all female. Mm-hmm. It's that it's a reboot. It could have easily stayed within the continuity of the original film. It could have done, yeah. Um, that That's what bothers me, but that's what bothers me about a lot of reboots, yeah. when they could stay... Cause the, I, I mean, they seem to be going that way now with the announcement that they're also doing an all-male Ghostbusters. Yeah. Which somebody was speculating that they threw out the all-female Ghostbusters to get the internet up in arms so that Ghostbusters was trending and then they could announce an all-male Ghostbusters. I don't see why you need to have all-female or all-male. just either. mix and mash it. Yeah, yeah, a little pick and mix is normally the most interesting thing to do. 
But because I mean, the obvious continuation would have been to have had Oscar grow up to be a Ghostbuster. Yeah. You could have had Ray still there. If Howard Ramis was still alive, he would have been the perfect oh, one. Messy. But that that was a gut punch. <laughs> that me. was a gut punch, actually. Devastating. Especially as my nickname at school was Egon. Because I was really lanky Egon. and had a big boofy hair. I, I always wanted to be Egon. Egon's the best. Egon is the best. I'm not cool enough to be Bill Murray. And Egon was the geeky one. I'm not sweet enough to be Ray, so... <laughs> and I'm not black enough to be Winston, so... Oh, I think you're black enough to be Winston. Well, that's because I don't wash. <laughs> Wait, we're on borderline games. I love her. It's not about how you look, it's about how you feel. And I feel Ernie Hudson all the time. Oh, I love Ernie Hudson. Well, not now the restraining order's in place. Oh, yeah. That's why you couldn't come to this country in the end. Oh, no. I knew it was something to do with you. It's always you. <laughs> I really... Because it's been quite interesting with all this Ghostbuster stuff. Obviously, Ernie Hudson's been talking about how, when it was meant to be Eddie Murphy playing the role, it was a much bigger role. Yeah. And I I love Winston. Winston was weirdly one of my favourite characters. It was Egon and Winston. Which Egon had the hero moment in the second one where he saved him when the... Yeah, dark room was on fire and that. But I, I think I think the great thing about Winston was that he was the outsider character. He was kind of us, so what, he was coming like, into this group that had been together for such a long time. It, it worked where he came in. I would have liked more Winston. Yeah, that would have been. I nice. do love the thing in the jail where he's like, "I got to find my own lawyer," and then as soon as they can get out, he's like, "Yeah, I'm one of them." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Fuck you guys! I want we can get out." Yeah, I'm a Ghostbuster. Yay! Oh, I'm one of those people who always used to like Ghostbusters too more than Ghostbusters. Um, and I think it's just because of the use of your love is lifting me higher. I wanted that song for so long. Like, you know, in the pre-internet days of being able to look up what a song is. I know, I know. You just had to record it off the telly, yeah. which I did. But yes, so did I. I had dialogue <laughs> in it and everything. Oh, you stand really close to the TV with your little BBC recordery <laughs> That's thing. That's it, with the little microphone. Make sure you push the buttons at the same time. And it sounded terrible. Yeah, isn't it was wonderful. A recording of a recording of a recording. <laughs> well, I could I could probably do that again now because I I now have a Skoda that has the original tape deck in it. Awesome. So I've only got cassettes that cool. I can have in the car, which is just wonderful. Do you have the soundtrack to put loose on cassette? I don't. Because it just doesn't seem right to have a cassette player and not have the soundtrack to put loose on cassette. I'm gonna have to get it. I recently I. My in-laws gave me their old cassette player because I really wanted to listen to... Because I was doing a thing, or potentially doing something anyway. But um, I wanted to listen to some of the Dirt Mag stuff that they never released on CD. Yeah. So Independence Day UK and that. And I wanted to compare the CDs because they've re-edited some of the CDs, like the Batman Nightfall one. Oh, right. It's really annoying because I listen to the tape so much that I notice the bits that are missing. It really throws me out of the rhythm. I hate that. I really hate that. I um I used to get really annoyed listening to my um my Blackadder audio tapes at the bits that weren't in it because yeah. they were too visual visual the gags <laughs> like why is it not in it I had that with Faulty Towers oh, the Faulty Towers one yeah <laughs> I was such a popular thirteen year old sat at home on my bed with my hamster under my chin playing Scrabble with myself and listening to audios <laughs> of Faulty Towers see I didn't have a telly in my room and you know this is pre internet days <laughs> yep. kids so I used to sit listening there was a time to... before the internet. No, I used to sit on my bed drawing and listening to, or sit at my desk drawing and listening to audio. Because, yeah. you know, there's only so much. That's what you do. Nick Berry tapes you can listen to. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever was cool in uh, right, so 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Berry was cool, right? <laughs> um, I don't know, because I certainly wasn't. <laughs> Pretty much all the cassettes I had were my dad's ones. Or my oh. stepmoms to listen to. Yeah, I, I, I stole I spent all my, my money on toys or videos or... Ch- Chaz and Dave tapes. No. That's what I ended up with. Mm. 
Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with Rod Stewart and my dad. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, my parents subjected me to Rod as well, but I kind of still like him. Yeah, see, it's like, I quite like the songs, but I hate myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not even Rod's fault. Though. It's, it's not, not, it's not hate against Rod, it's all self-hate. <laughs> but, but no, the Ghostbusters thing's weird. I mean, like I say, I can see the argument of people that are annoyed because it is a reboot of yeah. something so sacred. Um, it's kind of like the Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones thing. <sighs> I love Chris Pratt, but let's give Chris Pratt his own character. To... I would love to give Chris Pratt his own character, but if they're not going to, yeah, I would rather they gave him something like Indy. But cause... I just Indiana Jones is just Harrison I, Ford. I know it's iconic. It's like this Star but... Wars thing where they keep doing, talking about doing spin-offs of Princess Leia and Han Solo. <laughs> For one, like I say, I love Chris Pratt. And he looks good in the mock-ups they've done of him as Indiana Jones. Indeed he does. But he's pretty much the same age as Harrison Ford was when he first played him, so... Yeah, so kind of what the, what's the point? But Although it does give us an opportunity to, to explore other adventures that he had. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, Harrison Ford's still kind of kicking it. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's still I kicking it. I mean, I'd it. like to see him do a fourth film. There wasn't there, um, wasn't there a fourth film? There was, and I actually don't hate it as much no, as some people. No, I don't. Do. I like to pretend. I pretend that I hate it because I feel like a, a, a bad nerd. If I it's kind of like the it. Star Wars prequels. You kind of have to be like, I hate the Star Wars prequels. They're dreadful, but secretly I love them. Actually, that's okay because I hate the Star Wars prequels. See, I quite like the Star Wars prequels. I've, although, to be fair, I've only seen the Phantom Menace because I stopped there. See, I probably wouldn't bother with Attack of the Clones. Okay. Like, a good 20 minutes in Attack of the Clones and the rest don't bother. Revenge of the Sith is good, but like George Lucas said, that's all anybody was really interested in. Yeah. And to be fair, Ewan McGregor really goes into the Obi-Wan Kenobi part. I'd say Ewan McGregor is the same in Grace of the Prequels. I do love Ewan. It's it's him closely followed by Hayden Christian, that classic actor. That classic, classic Who's gone actor. on to do so much. Yeah, I mean, he's everywhere. He's like shit in the field these days. Yeah. Mm. To be fair, it wasn't a film called Shattered Glass that's really good. He's actually very good in it. I've heard of Shattered Glass, and my friends have told me to watch it, and yet I haven't. But he plays a pretty unlikable sack of shit character, so, you know, That's it's nice. easy to hate him. Yeah. But, but yes, um, and obviously we've got all the Star Wars stuff, but... Yeah, the Star Wars stuff is is pretty interesting, actually. Again, I've got um, weird mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I kind of feel like we said all we need to say was Star Wars. I, ha- I was happy with the six. And we have, and I mean, when you've got, when you take into account things like Clone Wars and stuff like that as yeah. well... We've we've got a lot of Star Wars shit going on, and I think they're desperately trying to get the, each new generation interested in Star Wars. And, and the thing is, each generation will be interested in Star Wars because the first three, i.e., the second three, yeah, will always survive. Well, to a degree, the prequels. I know people that the prequels were their introduction, and they'll hold those up above the original. Mm. So there'll always be a generation introducing to the next yeah, generation, exactly. whether it's the good ones or the Rightish ones. Yeah, I mean, um, whether it's through the use of robot chicken or. <laughs> Although, Wait, should, sorry. people parody Star Wars? Uh, robot chicken, or should I say the complete ripoff of the Adam and Joe show in the 90s? <gasps> yes, I'm going to put it out there. Robot chicken did not do it first. Stop telling me that, my 22 year old friends, because you are wrong. Ugh, young people. I know. Don't they suck? God, I miss the Adam and Joe show. Well, so do I. And they've lost loads of the episodes as well. Well, so I know, I've only got that the measly best of, best of yeah. which has got some great stuff on it. I mean, um, yeah, 
Ball, 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 footy, footy, footy. It's the best, is the greatest song ever. Um, but yes, so I, I love Robot Chicken, but what they're doing is not new. No, and Robot Chicken, like Family Guy, gets a bit tired after a while. It does, it does, but not as quickly as Family Guy. No, Family Guy got tiresome very quickly. But, but yeah, um, other nerd news. Obviously as well. We lost Leonard Nimoy. Oh, we did. Lose it's been a really Leonard. shitty month. It's not been a good year for for the geeky nerdy world. Well, it's pretty um, much in the space for months, isn't it? You know, what's really week. awful is that when I heard about dear Mister Nimoy, the first thing that popped into my hell into my hell into my <laughs> into my hell into my head that is my own personal hell is Bilbo Bilbo Baggins, <laughs> the greatest little hobbit of them all, and um, that's the first thing that popped into my head. And, and I'm sorry for that, Leonard. I really am. It was one of those things where, like Robin Williams, he'd always been there. Yeah. And you know, you know, inevitably, these people are considerably older than I am. At my ancient age of thirty-five, <laughs> but um, you weirdly still expect him to always be there. So it was. Yeah, it, it, it was quite sad. It was like all those weekday afternoons on BBC Two. Yeah, and he, Sundays as well, watching old Star Trek episodes. And he's such a, a lovely presence as well. You know. And three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Okay. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody loves three men and a baby. Yeah, I know they do. <laughs> they no matter what they say, because goddamn it, it's Tom oh. Selleck. And I, and to to see Leonard Nimoy in the in the new films as well. Yeah. And to still be like connecting the the past with the present it was so lovely and he will be really really greatly missed and another hero that I will never meet yeah no that's it it's although if I met him it probably would be like at some kind of weird comic con thing where I was a million miles away but just I could see him in the distance and I was waving frantically but I I felt sorry for William Shatner for all the shit he got for not going to the funeral because he couldn't go (laughs) If you can't go... He really... committed to a charity thing, so he couldn't go. The funeral was done really quickly, so... And I'm sure if you're doing a charity thing... He couldn't thing, even get a flight back anyway. I, I know if I if I were dead, I but, really wouldn't be bothered about someone not coming to my funeral. A, because I'm dead and can't really notice. And B, because if it's a charity thing, that's for people who are alive, I think because right? Shatner's been such a dick in the past... Oh, yeah, he's Shatner. People are quite happy to just any excuse to kick him. <laughs> that is true. That is true. He's basically Bono of the geek world. <laughs> yeah, he is. Although there was the um, uber, uber um, nerdy geeky tweet, uh, which made me really happy, which was um, uh, Will Wheaton retweeting William Shatner retweeting Nathan Fillion, um, which is, was just wonderful. That's like a nerdgasm. I know, it absolutely was. <laughs> it made me so happy. <laughs> See, there's Dreamcasting. Yeah. Oh. Just the Holy Trinity. Don't get me thinking about Fillion. Have you backed his Indiegogo? Yes, of course he's I a, have. He's an Adam That's what the tweet was about. Uh, yeah. Is it Tudic? I read a thing where he says Tudic. It's Tudic. And then I was I, like, or is I this a parody say, thing? I normally go for Tudic just because people won't go, you know, someone called Tudic. Because <laughs> um, I had to painstakingly research it because it was one of the quiz questions. Uh, when we used to do the quiz, and it was, uh, yeah, it's like I really don't want to get this name wrong. <laughs> well, um, I heard him say it once. So I yeah, I, I heard him in a couple of things. And I was like, mm. as long as these aren't turn out to be funny or die sketches, I think I'm fine going with it's okay, it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to back it, but money's a little bit tight at the minute. So yeah, yeah. I will back it. 
Which backing did you go for? I was looking at the $50 one because I quite like the poster. Um, um, I can't remember. <laughs> this is where I call you out and you're like, I'm going to give them a dollar. It's really late night. No, I didn't give them much because I haven't got much. No, that's the trouble. So it would, been, would have been a tiny thing, so it would have been like $10 or something. It's like the Veronica Mars one. Yeah. I didn't like Veronica Mars at the time because I never really... Well, I, I kind of watched it because it used to be on Channel 4. This is a podcast, so you can't see my face right now when George has hit the floor. What? How could anyone not like Veronica Mars? No, 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 no. I didn't know I liked it then. Oh, you didn't know you liked it. Yeah. That's different. That is different. I binge-watched all three series of the movie awesome. in the space of about a week and a half. Yeah. This is... I'm really hoping the Supergirl TV series is going to take its cues from Veronica Mars and Buffy. I really hope so. And actually do a strong representation of a female character on television. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice, because did you ever see the Wonder Woman pilot? No. She was great. Production, great. Obviously, they've not finished everything. But they had a scene where she, like, pining after her boyfriend knew she broke up with <sighs> whatever. And she eats a tub of ice cream. Right. It's like, I know the guy who did Ali McBeal wrote this, but... <laughs> really? But, but no, mm, just... No. no. Can't, can't you have her throwing hammers at a board in the back garden? Yeah. That's yeah. what I used to do when I was angry. Well, just actually, being all bad and just going out and beating the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're cross, you work it out on your, your villains. That's the whole point. But then I suppose everyone would be like, she's just a psycho bitch now. Oh, yeah. Bunny boiler. Yeah. Mm. Well, I like Lapin. <laughs> it's true of all women really yes and all men because if we learned anything from the Twilight films it's that a woman is powerful as long as a man gives her that power yeah as long as a man allows her to be yeah um, and it's it's fine for them to be scary and threatening because that's what makes them sexy and the fact that he's about 800 years old and he's essentially grooming a teenager <laughs> is not at all a problem oh dear because he looks like Robert Pattinson yes and oh, vampires don't sparkle Vampires no. don't sparkle, they tear your throat out. Yeah. That's what a vampire does. Generally, yeah. Or, you know, they look all moody and dress like Billy Idol. Well, yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. And, you know, occasionally somebody will throw a curse on them and they'll have a soul. Yeah, and then their hair will go weird and tightly permed. Yes. And, but then they'll do good things, they'll save people. Yeah, and then, and then the, try and the rape bi- people. The, and bi- then... the Billy Idol vampire <laughs> will provide a voiceover. Yeah. The action in the alley. Yeah, that's tr- yeah, that's true. That's true. And they don't dance at parties. They don't dance. They at pitch parties. themselves dancing at parties. Yes. <laughs> that's one of my one of my favourite gifts is of Angel dancing away at the party. I painstakingly oh, sort out that clip on it YouTube makes me to repost so it. So happy. <laughs> It'd say it's Friday. Dancy, 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 dancy. It's um, brilliant because that's exactly how I picture myself dancing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people in their mind are like, you know, it's like frigging Footloose or something. No, no, I dance. But then actually, I look I at people who can dance well, and I'm kind of like, you still look like a cock. Yeah, I dance like a complete twat, but that's because I dance to enjoy it rather than to have people look at me. Because um, I don't dance to be alluring. I dance because I have extra. To repel. And, yes, I dance to repel. <laughs> If you find my dancing alluring, then somebody's roofied you. It's just not, it's, it's like, not right. That guy's looking at me. I think he's into me. I better dance. <laughs> I've got to dance. See, I'm far too self-conscious to dance. So me and my friend Lee used to be the two sort of, not intentionally, but borderline creepy guys on a da- the edge of a dance floor just nice. watching people scowling. <laughs> just with their drinks. And... Nothing creepy about that at all. No. I was the one flinging my head about to come on Eileen. Well, that's 
Nothing wrong with that. That's great, yeah. Pretty much it's right. a classic Dixie's Midnight Runner song. It is. And it was also number one the day I was born. Cool. Mm, I can't nice. remember. I'm pretty sure it might have been a Boomtown Rat song. Oh, nice. No, not uh, really. Not a fan. Actually, I'm only a fan of one of their songs, so that doesn't mean that I'm a fan it's at all. It's not the I Don't Like Monday. It is, I like that song. It's because it's on the Milestones album, and my parents used to play that on long uh, car journeys. I despise that song. <laughs> but that and The Cure, Saturday I'm In Love or Friday I'm In Love, whatever it is. Friday I'm In Love. Friday I'm In Love, I hate that song. Really? I love That's my favourite Cure song. That's because mm. it doesn't sound like a Cure song. See? I like Bone from The Crow, but that just takes me back to my emo before it was emo phase. Oh, the emo before it's emo. I was emo before it was emo, but it was then it was just called moody. Yeah. Angsty. Having your airs. Basically... That's the one thing. Like people who think they dance and they think they look like Travolta on Saturday Night Fever. My moody phase, I thought I was broody. Um, like Michael Keaton, Batman broody, or Angel broody. And it wasn't, it was just like sulky twat. It was just moody, <laughs> yeah. I had an angsty thing going on. But that's okay, because I worked through my angst with by binge-watching um, uh, Space Above and Beyond. Awesome. See, there's a classic sci-fi show. I know, it never gets shown either. I loved Space Above and Beyond. There was it, only about one series, wasn't there? Yeah, there was only one series. Yeah. That's um, one of those weird ones Sky picked up in the early days of Sky. Yeah, but we didn't have Sky. BBC sh- Two had it as well. Yeah, but they only sh- they showed it at like two in the morning. Yeah, because I think they started showing it at a normal, reasonable time. Mm. Like Channel 4 did with Veronica Mars. Yeah. Showed it at a reasonable time, then binned it for two weeks, then brought it back at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Then moved it to three o'clock about six weeks later. And then yeah. <laughs> which is why I had to give up on Veronica Mars initially. Uh, yeah, I never saw it when it was on the actual telly. I'd like say I only caught really odd episodes because it was so sprudly on and, you know, it was before the days of a series link or anything. Mm-hmm. But back Kids in, have got it so lucky. Back in those days, listen to this, kids. Back in those days, if you joined a series four episodes in, you didn't go, oh, I've missed four episodes, I'll, I'll just wait for the box set. You carried on watching it. There wasn't even box sets. No, you didn't have a choice. <laughs> You'd have to find out years and years later what actually happened in the first four episodes. It makes you wonder whether kids can actually cope with soap operas these days. Ooh, I wonder. I can't. Do you reckon somebody was about to watch EastEnders and then found out there was 30 years of history? Like, <laughs> oh, no, backstory. No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I did like the Coronation Street release, <coughs> a massive novel. Of the first 50 years. Really? Oh, bless them. I was like, I'm kind of curious. I've got a weird thing with soap operas. I like looking at the old stuff. Oh, Don't really give a shit about that's them. That's kind of sweet. I kind of, because I'm married, I get suckered into seeing soap operas. Ah, oh, I see. But, and, you know, I'm a sucker for anything where somebody dies on telly. Oh, yeah. And I, I looked, um, I mean, me and... The my... only reason I started watching Angel was because it was the one where, um, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. First series, died halfway through. Irish fella. Connor. Connor, thank yep. you. Yeah, I only... Because it was Friday night, there was fuck all else on. I'd read that somebody died in Angel. I was like, fuck it, I'll watch that. <laughs> Someone's I'll have a giggle at these teeny girl <laughs> programmes. Oh, God. Um, and then I had to binge watch the... Because they used to release the box sets in two half, yeah, three videos in each. So I had to wait for the first series to come out so I could get caught up on the first half. Then I watched all of Buffy up to that point. Uh, I had a Buffy education... Um, in my kind of mid twenties, because I I'd, I'd seen the odd episode. Um, I won't go into it, but I wasn't allowed to watch Buffy. We won't start on that. Um, <laughs> but um, 
And my, my best friend gave me a Buffy education, and I was like, well, where has this been all my life? Buffy's amazing. Yeah, Buffy is, is totally Because I didn't watch it, because I remember watching the film when I was... And I loved the film when I was about 12, because, you know, it was a hot girl kicking ass. Yeah. And Luke Perry. <laughs> Who didn't love Luke Perry? Who didn't love Luke Perry? I still would have liked him to have popped up in the series somewhere. <laughs> Not necessarily as the same character, but just... Uh, Something completely Even different. just Luke Perry just randomly walking off. Yeah. Or even being an angel and just having a sort of... I left you in Wall Street kind of... Yeah. Hot shots <laughs> too kind of moment. Wall Street moment. Oh, dear. But, but now I am... Um, like I say, I got into Angel and then went back to Buffy. Because I avoided Buffy for a while because I weirdly gravitated towards the hot guy instead of the hot girl. Strange, that. That's, that's but, kind of you know, It's fine. Yeah, I always thought that I would hate Willow because Willow used to really annoy me when I caught the odd episodes because she's really like this for the first four seasons and oh, Buffy. But weirdly, if you watch all of them, you actually really grow to like her quite yeah. a lot. I am... Um, and she gave Giles that really cool moment where she turned evil. Oh. And then Giles zaps her and says that he'd like to test that I'd theory. I'd like to test that theory. Giles has all the best lines in Buffy. Because he has that and he he has a rank, arrogant amateur. Which is my favourite line in Buffy. <laughs> and my favourite insult to give One, to anybody. No, I like the thing where they... It's in season four with the demon where it's only that big and Xander's torn oh, it. Oh, it's don't taunt the fear. Why is it dangerous? No, it's, no, it's just tacky. tacky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that episode. But there were actually a couple of really funny bits in season four, even though it's not the best series. Yeah, I, I, I complain about season four often when I talk about I think Buffy, the big problem people have is Riley. But you needed Riley because you couldn't go off of Angel into another bad boy Angel character. You needed the polar opposite. Good boy. Good boy Riley. Yeah. And I think the problem was is they got bored with Riley part way through as well. I think Riley got bored with Riley. He was kind of the Cyclops of the Buffy universe. He was. Oh, you need gosh, Cyclops yeah. to make Wolverine cool. Yeah, but it did, it, Cyclops didn't have to be that boring. No, it's a shame as well because they cast him really well. Mm, I know James Marsden's brilliant, but yeah, <laughs> let's let's try not to get any ranting about about X Men. Yes, but but no, it's a. Uh, Whatever happened to Joss Whedon? Um, he's kind of working on Avengers, isn't he? No. <laughs> Pretty sure I'd have heard of that. Uh, have you seen um, his version of Much Ado About Nothing? Uh, I have seen some of it. I started watching it and I fell asleep to my... Wow. How did you do that? I started watching it like late. stupidly late at night. Okay. Because I was like... Because obviously... I'm not a big Shakespeare fan. Mm-hmm. I struggle with Shakespeare. Yeah, I like the Ken Brown and Much Ado About Nothing. Because uh-huh. I really like them. Much Ado About Nothing and Midsummer Night's Dream are probably the only two Shakespeare things that I really love. Okay. Partly because I love Bottom Speech from Midsummer Night's Dream. Of course. Um, but Much Ado, I, like I say, I started watching it, I fell asleep, and I've not actually had a chance to get back around to it, because it's a film you need to watch. It, a lot of films I chuck on and I watch them while I'm doing other things. Yeah, you can't do that with that. And and he's the way it's directed is it's very accessible, and you do actually understand what's going on, yeah. and it's all, everything's very clear, and everyone's wonderful in it as well. But I find it hard to believe with that cast. Yeah, I know. How that they could ever be, be wonderful. Any good. <laughs> Clark Gregg. 
the most unlikable person I've ever seen. Alexis Denisov, who's he? Uh, um, is he grim though? Is he? I got really excited when he popped up in grim. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of, oh, I don't know. He, grim. I weirdly got thrown off by him when I first heard him speak with his American accent. Oh, same, that is very strange. Same as Spike. Yeah, like, that's just, just weird that's and not wrong, right. Dirty and that's that's not right. It shouldn't be done. And you know, mm. <laughs> him, him being sleazy in How I Met Your Mother. He played I, that part so well. I have not really watched much of How I Met Your Mother. I, I kind of got, got into it by accident. It was I was watching it with a f- one of the girls I worked with at work. So we had mm. lunch at the same time, and it just became my thing to watch it. And I think I like it more for that than it's a really well written show and it's really well plotted how it all sort of fits in together. Well, I'm I, sure there are better writers out there than me that are kind of like, you fucking idiot. I should I should like it just because it's got um, it's got Doctor Horrible in it. So well, you know. And he is the best thing ever. I get why people don't like it. Well, yeah, yeah. Just it's not like I don't like it. I just don't really anything. It's, yeah, it's just a bit. If it's on, I would like go. Oh no, I'm not watching this and change the channel. I'll be like, eh. I'm allowed two and a half men, but yeah, I, I feel to... dirty after I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of like Hooker Teddy. It is. It, is but it seemed like a good idea when you started. But it was. It was great at the time. No, you now you feel dirty no. and itchy, and no, you just feel. <laughs> It's nearly over, so it might be there. It's nearly done. You feel a bit like like watching the first series of The Thick of It. You're enjoying it, but you feel really bad that you're enjoying it because it's Chris Langham. Yeah, I never got round to watching The Thick of It. It's on my to watch list. Okay. I'm always. (laughs) I'm weirdly. It's really difficult for me to find new TV programs. Mm. I'm weirdly set in my ways as to what I like to watch, and I will repeat watch crap. Yeah, I kind of do that. Plus, although, because I'm, I'm now not brand newly single but now I am single that means I can look forward to finding somebody that's who's not single that's me single <laughs> not find somebody who's not seen loads of the stuff that I've seen and like it means I get to binge watch them again yeah so with my with my ex-boyfriend I got to kind of go oh what's she oh so you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica ting oh so you haven't seen Firefly ting so you've never really watched Star Trek The Next Generation ting See, <laughs> and yeah, it was. It my was wife good. pretty much hates everything I watch. So I know. It's, it's cool because you know, if she was the same as me, we'd have no fucking money. Because <laughs> we both just be. Maybe that explains why we were so poor. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'd go, I want to buy that, and she went, yeah, go on then. Because <laughs> uh, she thought it was cool. Then yeah, we'd be bugging now. I kind of have that problem with things. But um, but yeah, it's quite good with some things. So I start introducing the kids to it, so yeah. I get to see it through anyway. And I get to discover new things through them, like the Amazing World of Gumball. I don't know what that is. What's it's that? a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Okay. It's absolutely batshit crazy. I like batshit crazy. And horrible and really funny. There's a family that are bananas. <laughs> Literally bananas? Literally bananas. Nice. And there's one where they're trying to uh, work out who's got the best mum, because they're doing Mother's Day card, and they get into a fight over who's got the greatest mum. <laughs> and the banana mother just continually just gets destroyed. Squished. <laughs> yeah, cartoon is fine. Cause it's a I like um, Adventure Time. I like Adventure Time, but sometimes feel like it's a little bit hipsterish. But yeah, it does get a little bit. Hip- I understand what you mean. It's like it's trying too hard. Yeah. Yes. Um, I do get that, but I did have an eight-year-old staying in my house for nearly three weeks. That's this when you were kidnapping people. Yes, when I was kidnapping people, it was a. Uh, um, my boyfriend at the time's half-brother came to stay with us. And it was either Adventure Time or Sonic Underground. 
So I I said, oh, why don't we watch something we can both watch? Have you, have you ever seen Adventure Time? I'm like, no, what's that? Bing! And then I didn't have to listen to Sonic Underground anymore. I like Adventure Time. I like Adventure Time because they do title cards. Yes. I reviewed the book of the title cards for Starburst. <laughs> Which meant I got the book for free. Oh, yeah. Best kept secret in reviewing books. <laughs> DVDs, they just send you the disc. Books, they have to send you the whole book. That's cool. Always oh, review so, books. So getting into that. <laughs> Except I'm a really slow reader. Except the good <laughs> books generally go really quickly. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is the bugger. Yeah. Pretty much anything with arrow written on it, and you've got no chance of getting uh, <laughs> Yeah, my brother is a massive arrow fan. I like arrow. But then, yeah, it's all that comic booky stuff. Yeah. Which is, and that is a good thing. It is a good thing, yeah. The problem I have is that I always had was, um, I always liked graphic novels. And um, I always wanted to get into, into like, comic books and, and stuff. But I never knew where to start. And when you asked somebody where to start, there was no way of actually having a, prop, a start of anything. Because it's had so many different reboots and so many different writers and so many different styles. That, that where to start was always a really difficult question for me to ask. DC was relatively easy because you had yeah. the post-crisis 1986. Uh, I liked the Marvel stuff, movie. though. See, I was always a DC boy. Recently, DC had just seemed to be doing everything to bait me into just leaving them. <laughs> yes. I'm essentially in an abusive relationship with DC. Because <laughs> at the moment, they're kind of like, look at Superman's new outfit. I'm like, you what have you done? Jeans and t-shirt. Look at Wonder Woman's new outfit. Look, look, she's not skimpily clad anymore. Which is cool, but at the same time, you didn't have to quite do it. <laughs> you didn't have to make it so that it's... And why has she got knives on the gauntlet? She's not Azrael. <laughs> she's freaking Wonder look, Woman. If she doesn't accidentally bump her head on her invisible jet, then I'm not interested. Yeah. And, and plus, I'm, I'm fucked off that they, they stopped her from having her own film, because, of course, uh, Whedon was... Uh, yeah, again, if you Which can't get a Wonder it, Woman so film off the ground with Joss Whedon writing it, then there's something who's wrong. arguably writes, as a man, writes the best female roles. Mm. Yeah, then there's something fundamentally yeah. wrong. Um, but I, it's fine, Zack Snyder's overseen a film oh, there. Jesus Christ, I hate If ever there was a film about female empowerment, it was Sucker Punch. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because um, to escape being raped, you just go into a dream world where you are an exotic dancer. Yes. And then within that world, go into another dream world where you're a kick ass, mini skirted, something. Kind of Some na- shit happened Nazi in that zombie film. fighter. i got to be honest, I only got into about 20 minutes of that film. I, best. It's like some kind of fantastical musical video. Before my face just bled. Yeah. It does make your eyes bleed and your ears bleed. Yeah. Um. And your heart kind of bleed for cinema. As long as they never give him a Superman film to do, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. First one of the second series. <laughs> Christ almighty. But then again, I'm still annoyed that um, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was called Captain America Winter Soldier. It was not called um, Captain America and Black Widow or anything like that when Black Widow was in it more than Winter Soldier, and possibly more than Captain America. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand. I would love to see her have her own film with her backstory. Yeah, it's kind of like that they're like, we want to do a film with a really strong kick-ass female in the lead, but we know nobody will go and watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if we hide her in a uh, Captain America film, yeah, and then trick people into seeing it... It's fucking ridiculous. I'd go and see it. Me and my 
big hairy feminist friends. See, my concern, because Wonder Woman's going to be the first one that comes out now, mm. is that nobody's going to go and watch it and they're going to go, see, female-led superhero films doesn't work. And it's not because that. shit. Exactly. Because if they genuinely believed in their product, they wouldn't have put Batman in the Man of Steel sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'd have gone, we really strongly believe in what we're doing with Superman. <laughs> oh, use his real name, Batfleck. I've got no problem with Batfleck. I think Batfleck is genius casting for Batman. He looks awesome in the suit. I don't think it's particularly a bad thing, but... I like Ben Affleck. I would have rather they'd just gone, after the Dark Knight trilogy, just gone completely the other way and just cast Will Arnett in a live-action Batman. Oh, Especially after the Oscars. He looked awesome so in cool. bat suit. Just go that fucking crazy Batman. Not Batman and Robin crazy, but... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Will Arnett for the next Doctor Who companion. Will on it for everything. Yeah, Will on it for absolutely everything. He was nearly Kit in Night Rider. I know he was. That was so. Ah. Oh. Val Kilmer was ace, to be fair. But. Yeah, but but you know. It was only because of the com- car companies. Was it? He was the voice of an advert for the car they were going to use originally. Oh. And then when they changed it, it was a conflict of interest for him, oh, so he decided to walk away. Which you know, fair enough. Yeah. Obviously, the advert people were giving him a bigger check. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the check. About the check. <laughs> ah, Job. Ah, Job. Yeah, I love Job. I love that Arrested Development thing with the um, when Michael's on his bike and the car pulls up next to him. It's like if you ever want to see your brother again, you'll get in the car. It's like, Which brother? It's like Job needs to cycle off. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> The rest of development is wonderful. It, it is. It makes me laugh so much. And it has such a perfect ending. Um, but I wish I won't spoil, of course, because not everyone will have seen it. And it's only on Netflix. Oh, uh, you can get it on DVD now. Can you? Yeah. Oh, that's good. It came out a year or so ago. Uh, Possibly see, I, longer. I, I don't look at things like that because I have Netflix. Yeah. Actually, I've stopped buying a lot of stuff on DVD because of Netflix. Problem I have with Netflix is I go to watch something, then find something else is on there. No, oh, I find I find things have gone. And then click on. The, yes, I have that problem as well. Mm, drop the Especially, dead donkey. Disappeared quite I've recently. Got those on DVD anyway. Oh, well, okay. I need to watch Black Mirror before it goes. Yeah, yeah, that'll go soon. Um, unless they're holding out to put Black Christmas, uh, White Christmas on there. Yeah. Before they take it off. But, uh, what I find weird, actually, speaking of Black Mirror, is um, I went to go and see Ex Machina at the cinema. And it was very reminiscent of an episode of Black Mirror, which actually has Donald Gleason in it. So it's kind of, if you see the episode, it, it's quite, I don't know, I feel like they saw that episode mm. and, and thought, actually, this is the guy. That's it's, cool. It's got a similar tone to it. See, my problem with Donald Gleason is after about time, I just don't want to see him as any other character. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen about time. <gasps> At the risk of being really girly. Not in an offensive way. <laughs> You've got to watch About Time. I, I want to see About Time. It's amazing. It does look fantastic. And I love Donald Gleeson. Because I was really movie. unsure about it. Because I loved Four Weddings and I loved Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Then I hated Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I'm like one of the few people in the world who hates you Love are? Actually. It's just two hour advert for better films. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love the trailers? And I couldn't get on with the boat that rocked at all. I didn't see that one. I got up to the scene where he tries to convince the guy to go and have sex with Gemma Arston instead of him. Oh, yeah. That's, that's and I was like, that's rapey. just weirdly rapey. Weirdly rapey. But we're playing it for laughs. So, yep. I mean, he doesn't go through with it, so I guess it's fine. But, 
But um, oh god, yeah. But yeah, no. Then I just watched About Time on a whim. I loved it. I'd like to see it. Actually, he'd make quite a good Doctor Who, Donald Gleeson. He would make a good Doctor Who. He would. As long as they like, oh, I'm going to get into a companion rant. I, I, mm. I think the companion makes the Doctor. The camp- the companion does make the Doctor. Um, and unfortunately, they we don't want another Adric on our hands. God, I think we have with Clara, haven't we? <gasps> See, I'm kind of a little bit in love with Jenna Coleman. Are you? I don't know how it happened. I don't think it's her fault. That's the thing. I just don't think that they wrote her character in particularly well early enough on, and then they've used the last series of Doctor Who as basically the Clara show because they hadn't built up her character yeah, and they I've... suddenly had to. I... The last series was really weird. It was like, we've cast Peter Quality as Doctor Who, but we've got no confidence in our casting, so we're going to focus on Clara a lot. Yeah, really weird. And it took until... It was basically like he really wanted to make Couplin again. (laughs) Christ. Um, (laughs) But um, it felt to me... I didn't get... I tried to get onto Doctor Who because I'm... No, let's do Doctor Who. Um, Literally and figuratively. that, That feeling that you get as a Doctor Who fan when you're watching Doctor Who... I didn't get that feeling until the episode where the trees take over London. And I finally felt like it was an episode of Doctor Who again. Yeah. Um, I'm very old school Doctor Who. Yeah, a lot of people kind of are one way or the other. Um, I, I like the new both. stuff. I always felt Russell G. Davis was great at setting things up mm. and then didn't know what to do, so always went for the magic button. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause laughs> the magic button. The thing for the first thing was, you know, the power of the heart of the TARDIS, yep. magic button. Second series was the magic button that sucked Rose away from us all. Yes. Yeah. Oh, don't. I'll cry. Third series. What happened in the third series? No, oh, Martha Jones. Yeah. Last time Lords. Oh um, yeah, the yeah. Jesus complex. Yeah, yeah, the chanting. Uh, the fourth <laughs> one was a magic button that needed everybody to hold hands. Yep. And then David Tennant's last one was the, you know, magic Hoover. Yeah, the magic Hoover. Because to be fair, that's pretty much the only way you can take out Timothy Dalton. Yeah, with the magic hoover. He is the James Bond that will kill you and then throw a bite in your house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's my favourite kind of James Bond. <laughs> God. Yeah, but I, I, you see, I have this thing because people seem to think that I have to have an absolute favourite Doctor Who as a Doctor Who fan. But I think it's nice that I don't. I don't. I have favourites, obviously. Um, I... My old school Doctor Who buddies don't like that I like Matt Smith. And it's I find that odd because I love David Tennant too. The but problem I have is they're all so different. They are. I mean, I partly because he was Peter Davison, Colin Baker were my doctors, mm-hmm. so I've got a real soft spot for Colin Baker. And I also like the fact that everybody kind of shits on Colin. <laughs> I love how good about about it he is. Yeah, I mean, Colin Baker's thing was always that he was in it for the long haul. His goal was always to last longer than Tom Baker. <laughs> so he was playing it like he had an eight-series arc. Yep. Which is a bit what Peter Capaldi's doing, is playing it. He's yes. essentially remaking comedy. Yeah. Much as Daniel Craig is retrending what yeah. Timothy Dalton did as James yeah, Bond. Um, I was a, a Sylvester McCoy girl, because she was my doctor. Uh, she I, was my doctor. He was my doctor growing up, and I wanted to be Ace. Who didn't want to be Ace? I wanted to be Ace. <laughs> <laughs> I hated him to begin with. It was... Actually, as a kid, I liked the early series with him and then found the later ones with him 
quite creepy. And, mm. uh, and then as I got older, I liked the darker side of his, where yeah. he was deliberately taking Ace to places that would mess with her, yeah. or make her confront things. And I literally did the stereotypical hiding behind the sofa thing. I'd, I'd, I'd be behind my parents' sofa, lying down with my face poking out, and every time I saw a scary thing, I could, like... Survivor, the last ever Sylvester McCoy... Mm. Classic Who story is creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. When the master turns around and he's got the cat eyes. Oh, God, yeah. That, that freaked the hell out of me. And the Happiness Patrol freaked out of me. <gasps> oh, God, yeah. The weird yeah. dog thing. That was, yeah. I'd yeah. forgotten all about the fact that it was Bertie Bassett. <laughs> God, had you? <laughs> that haunts my dreams I tonight. Just, it was the I, dog I, thing. I have never been able to eat licorice all sorts, ever. That's because licorice is horrible. Well, that's true. <laughs> Thank God but for I fruit all sorts. I reckon it's because of, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're nice. Yeah, they're nice. Maybe it wasn't Maybe it wasn't, but, wasn't dear Bertie. Um, I'm really annoyed because they've, they've My uncle used off. to work for Bassett's as well. Perhaps, he, really? perhaps it was a company thing. Perhaps he came around just to raise that from my mind. Maybe. Like, it you will remember kind. the creepy dog. <laughs> be really kind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still never going to forgive them for, for uh, killing off my potential new companion. Who is the lovely lady who works for Unit? Yes, with her lovely I'm, Tom Baker scarf. She was wonderful. I am still hoping that something will happen. She wasn't killed. She was just scrambled somewhere else. Yeah, I'm really hoping that that's the case because she would be a fantastic companion. It's almost like Stephen Moffat went on the internet after the 50th anniversary special and was like, oh, "People are saying she should be the next companion." Well, she's fucking dead. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, oh, Stephen, really? Did you have to do that to me? I love her. It's, it's like I must write an Oscar winning script so that I can one day take over the reins of Doctor Who and bring her back. Yeah. Yeah. She was such a great character, but that's part of my problem with Doctor Who sometimes. Is they, it's the same as The Walking Dead, just as the characters get interesting, they kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to George Martin. Especially if they're black. Ah. Oh. Walking Dead seemed to have a quota of they can only have so many black people in an episode. Oh, wow, yeah. So if a new black actor comes in, then you know one of the existing one black actors in town. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> or if one dies and they've not like got their quota right, like new black characters coming in at some point soon. <laughs> oh god, I just I don't understand it. Setting up a really good character only to to kill them off straight away, and I, for me the most devastating loss of a companion, even worse than Rose Tyler, um, although obviously I blubbed my eyes out is the non-death of Donna Noble and that kills me every time completely breaks my heart Uh, because the idea that we finally had somebody who wasn't lusting after him or oh I love my doctor and yeah yeah, no I I find that quite sad yeah part of me really wants him to go back to the classic who mould of even if they cut it down to half hour episodes Mm. and just a four episode arc I'd like that because it's like they're trying to cram too much into each episode so what, what you actually need is an extra quarter of an hour to yeah. do what they're trying to do or like you say to lop it into half an hour episodes and have it actually episodic and ideally come up with an ending first and then work backwards rather than come <laughs> up with a setup. And yeah can you do it the Joss Whedon way <laughs> can you actually decide what's going to happen and then put your little things in that would be really nice but I don't know it's just, and it comes back to Earth too much I will happily mm-hmm. take the wobbly sets and the guy wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah, I'd love just it. Just to be out in space for a series. Yeah, give us some space, please. It's all about that well, space. Martin Clunes in drag. I'll take it. <laughs> just to not come back to fucking Lundiff. Just once. Lundiff. Ah, oh, Lundiff. 
<laughs> so somewhere different in the British Isles would be nice, wouldn't it? That was what was quite nice about Amy Pond. Yeah, you were in a village from Gloucestershire. She's <laughs> a Scottish woman from Gloucestershire. I really liked that. And she didn't have any family ties. All right, they kept coming back from Rory, but then eventually they took Rory with them. But then yeah. they brought in Rory's dad, so you had an excuse to keep going back. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the problem with I. The one good thing about them writing Rose out of it was like, right, he's finally free of an anchor tying into yes. us. And then they brought in Martha, who had an overbearing mother mm. and a brother. God, and was a terrible actress. I mean, I, I liked Martha at the time because I thought I would hate her so much because I, I, I had loved Rose. And then when I rewatched it, the first moment I rewatched it, I was like, she's the worst Series actress. Series three in the is world. the one I struggle with. Yeah. I think at the time, because you're so caught up in the John Saxon thing. Mm. Well, but it does have family of blood in it. Yeah. Um, and Paul Cornell. Yeah. You can see if True Believers next year. Oh, yay! Plug! 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 <laughs> True Believers! Plug! Um, yeah. I, oh, that, that would be really cool. Because I, I love those two episodes, even though they're Martha Jones episodes. Yeah. Because um, I don't think she spoils it. She just doesn't particularly add anything to it for me. Her, her mother spoils it. Yeah. <laughs> She's well, I generally find that with Rose. They built the character, they developed the character quite nicely, but to begin with... Mm. I think she played a lot better opposite Christopher Eccleston than David Tennant. Yeah. David Tennant was a little too. Boy, you need to clip around the ear sometimes, kind of thing. Yeah, he he needs. Like, and I love David Tennant Donna, as well. You know, he, he needs a Donald Noble saying no, and oh, I, I prefer it. I always prefer it when Doctor Who has an entourage. So when you did have the Doctor in his TARDIS with Rose and Mickey and Jack. No, 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 too late. I want to see Doctor Who Entourage. <gasps> Doctor Who Entourage. I want ah, Doctor Who and a Turtle. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Is it uh, wrong I'm kind of looking forward to the Entourage movie? A little I, wrong, but that's okay. I know the show was cheap, horrible, nasty. It was essentially the man version of Sex and the City. Yeah. But it was good. <laughs> only for Jeremy Piven. I, I was just about to say, um, the only thing I liked about Entourage, uh, Entourage is that it had Jeremy Piven in it, and I've loved him ever since. Um, Ellen. Yes, I remember him in Ellen. I was gutted when his character died in Kiss the Girls. Spoilers for Kiss the Girls, but it's been like 20 it's years. It's good to say spoilers <laughs> before you say anything. <laughs> it's Kiss the Girls. Nobody cares. No, no one cares. But yeah, and um, obviously he's in pretty much every John Cusack movie. Yeah. Apart from High Fidelity. Uh, yeah. He's in Gross Point Blank. Loved him oh, in Gross Point Blank. I love him in that film. I love that film anyway. It's, it's ten years. Gross Point Blank was one of those films that every time I watched it, I spotted something new. Yeah. Yeah, my, oh God, I've not seen that for ages now. My absolute favourite gag in it is the um, thing where he's talking about his cat. He's like, you don't know what sex your cat is, and I respect his privacy. Is <laughs> <laughs> it that? Like 30 Rock. The, my favourite joke from 30 Rock is the weirdest one which is the um, where they're on about if James Marston's on about if their life falls apart he's like you'll have to go back to doing whatever and I'll have to go back to sleeping on the floor of my uncle's mattress shop <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a wonderfully written game oh, I love I, 30 Rock is one of the pinnacles of comedy for me 30 Rock um, and then Parks and Rec as well I've not seen Parks and Rec and <gasps> I want to see Parks and Rec there's you some... need to ride out the first series. Yeah, I've been told that, but I can do that. I can do that. It's only six episodes, and to be honest, by the fifth and sixth one, once Ron Swanson says who wants to see me climb a tree, you're pretty much in. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can, I, I can, you know, I can woman up for a while. 
Parks and Rec is brilliant. If you like 30 Rock, you love Parks and Rec. I do, I do. I just started watching... Um, Weirdly. It's almost like Amy Poehler and her... <laughs> Tina Fey are just friends or something. God. Um, yeah, I've just started watching the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, I've not been watching that. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, and it is wonderful. Cool. It is wonderful. And the theme tune's the best theme tune to anything ever. <sighs> Surely. It is because it, it, it's um, you know the guys who take the news items and uh, turn them into songs. So the kind of the anybody got time for that? Anybody got time for that? That um, it's basically like a, a piss take of those um, with with news footage about the thing that, that's that's happening. It's um, not they might be giants, is it? Because no, fuck, it's not. they seem to do the theme tune to everything at once. No, no, weirdly, it's not. <laughs> Even when Jack was watching Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse, I found out that they might be giants do oh, the theme tune as well. No, bring back Bowling for Soup. They do Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Did you see the episode with Bowling for Soup in it? No. When they thank him for being there, like, we're just happy to have a gig. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Phineas and Ferb. I love Phineas and Ferb. That is truty wonderful. Again, wouldn't have discovered it without. Jack coming into our room when he was about one and sitting on our bed and just watching the previews for because at about six o'clock in the morning they or five six o'clock in the morning they just have like thirty second previews of all the shows. Yeah, I've got no excuse. Phineas was great. No excuse. I just was happened to be on the right channel. (laughs) Part of the reason I don't like Adventure Time to a a degree that most people do is because I'm kind of like fuck this Phineas and (laughs) Ferb. Ah, yeah, rather watch Phineas and Ferb any day. But. I'm also glad that Phineas and Ferb isn't as massive as Adventure Time is. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than seeing Bell End University students, no offence to any that listen to this, fucking nobbing around like they're in Adventure Time or quoting Adventure Time. Or... Yeah. That's why I went off Family Guy, because Bell End's quoting it all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they, they don't quite get... some. It's, it's like jokes about Bell Ends that Bell Ends don't realise are about them. Yeah. Basically, it's basically the TV show equivalent of hearing one of the songs you like being used in an episode of Hollyoaks. Yeah, yeah, I can't listen to that song anymore. Or, or knowing that Anna Kendrick was in Twilight. Yeah, I mean it's not her fault. No, I mean it's not her fault. She, you, you got to start, and you know it was a lucrative gig, and I, I appreciate that. That's okay, Anna. I still love you. And to be fair, what's his name from House was in Twilight as well. In the first movie? I've yes. Blocked, I've blocked most of it out. Of the one brain. who was Darwin in X-Men First Class. Oh, that's not happening. I'm not very... Oh. Now oh. I can see faces and not hear You know names. in... Is it the fourth series of House where he starts auditioning people to replace? Yeah. Where 13 comes into it? Yeah. And that? He's the black guy. With the buggy eyes. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, he's in Twilight. Ah. <coughs> All right. Uh. That's a really horrible description. That's a horrible description. <laughs> he's a very good actor. Actor who played Darwin. I yeah. don't know your name. I don't know what you are. I try and I was genuinely gutted when they killed you off for no good reason in X-Men First Class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no good reason. That's my problem with the X-Men films. They kill off the potentially well, they cool just characters. get characters and then they don't know what to do with them or how they'll fit into the final act, so they just kill them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Cyclops. Like We don't know what to do with Cyclops, so he's been taken over. Yes. Oh, Christ. I, uh, I, I really did enjoy... Um, uh, now, I get the two of them the wrong way around. 
the newest of the X-Men films. Days, which of, is Future Days of Future Past. Yay, cool. Okay, I, I, I muddle up the, net, the titles of the two of them because I watched them at the same time. So I, I, I watched, I, I did a double bill. I watched First Class and yeah. then... Um, but I, I really enjoyed Days of Future Past, um, mainly for Quicksilver, um, who was underused, and let's hope that he comes back. Yeah, well, apparently the reason they didn't use him was because they realised that they could then wrap up the film incredibly quickly if they just kept him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which true. is how they then did it for the um, How It Should Have Ended yes. video. Yes, yeah, of course. Oh, I love Hitchie. <laughs> <laughs> the Man of Steel one's brilliant. They're all brilliant. Have you seen the Man of Steel one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the thing where he first meets Russell Crowe. that I'd really like to hear about, like, you know, my home world and that, but I've got to go deal with zombies. Like, oh, I can tell you how to deal with that right now. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, you could have saved, you probably saved millions in property. <laughs> the Honest Trader as well from Man of Steel is brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I love, uh, I think my favourite How It Should Have Ended has got to be... Um, um, oh god the Lego movie yes because the yeah the work <laughs> with Batman was, and Superman yeah movie, the so. work that, that went into it is just wonderful it's just a was it kryptonite gum no it's just an ordinary gum everything's cool when you're Batman <laughs> I have to sing that to Jack Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing I have to do a Batman voice and I have to sing it to him I do like the ones where they do the Chris Nolan Batman films and the Batman and the How It Should Have Ended changes into the Chris Nolan Batman and his voice changing. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the ones like, is it the Avengers one where he's got Black Widow? We just keep trying to ask people if they want to know secret identity. <laughs> Shwarma. <laughs> and the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm Batman. I haven't Show. actually watched the Guardians <gasps> of the Galaxy one. Which is ridiculous, because I bloody love Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, who doesn't? Well, I have a, a little sideline of... Uh, I make geeky crochet stuff. I've got a little crochet business called Geekery Tea. Cool. Because I, I crochet shit all the time, and I needed to get rid of it. <laughs> like, because I've got hobbits up there. You're banned from places just I for crochet. banned from places for crocheting. And I make little baby group. Cool. Um, like, in a little pot. You should just make a shitload and sell them. You should take them down to Proud Lion. I think, I think I'm going to do that because I, I made one for my ex's birthday and then I put a picture of it on Facebook and I had about five people saying, I want one. I was like, well, I'm not doing it for free. <laughs> and so I, I stuck them on Etsy and I sell quite quite a lot of them, actually. Cool. Uh, that is until uh, Tiger stopped selling the little plastic pot that it fitted in and then I had to stop and now they've started selling it again. So, I can, I can... so you've just got to order a job lot. Yeah, order a job lot. Currently, really? currently, I did make the Babadook. Uh, See, that's a film nice I want to watch, but I don't like films with children in peril. Or where children die. I always have. People are like, well, it's because you're a parent. It's like, no, even no. when I was a child, I hated it. Aww. Is it I, I, I do like Babadook. It's, it's why I've always struggled with Game of Thrones. Children are always in peril. First episode, you see a frozen, dead, small little girl. Yes. I was kind of, this is a bad start. And mm. then I was like, I'm going to give it another try. And it was the one where they go around killing all the bastard children. Oh, cool. I was like, this is not a good thing. I'm just not, I'm done with this fucking show. Uh, I, I, I love Game of Thrones. and A guy at work kept going on at me about watching Spartacus. Oh, which is yeah, dreadful. Don't ever watch that. it. It's, it's dreadful, but it, it is good um, kind of but mild But the first episode I watched for... was a child getting killed. And I was like, no, fuck this. I'm like, 
Which, just... which is weird because I watch The Walking Dead and they're in danger all the time. <laughs> Well, um, Spartacus is just soft porn for about 11.30 oh, at night. But weirdly, soft porn that's got so much man-on-man action in it. That's the best kind of soft porn, well, yeah, from, I mean, from my perspective, currently. I just don't get it, because everybody went apeshit over a gay kiss in The Walking Dead. Oh, did they? Or any form of gay kiss in a soap. Because that's HBO, isn't it? Uh, no, it's AMC. Oh, it's AMC, that'll be why then. HBO people are fine. But, well, Spartacus was stars, wasn't it? Mm. But I'm just amazed that people are quite happy to see panning shots of guys fucking other guys in the ass. It's like, we're fine with the fucking... No tenderness. Uh, yeah, no, as long as it's just sex, that's fine. Well, it's that Any whole thing of, it's, it's only gay if you cuddle. Yeah, it's only gay if you cuddle. Yeah, <laughs> basically that's kind of what's going on. Um, and yet, no one's got any problem with Jamie and Cersei Lannister fucking each other as brother and sister. That's fine. It's <laughs> absolutely fine. Wait, brother and sister not allowed Oh. Oh. No, oh. it's okay. You've lost us, Stuart. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no one will judge you. <laughs> oh, I feel like I should address this and dispel this rumour straight away. It's <laughs> <laughs> just adding fuel to the flame. I can say nothing. I'm from, I'm from Kent, so, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm from the towns. I'm the Garden of England. Not Garden of Eden, because that would make me quite old. Yeah. <laughs> And again, a brother and a sister. And I'm not a zero fell. To uh, be fair, nice little Terry Pratchett thing there. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, if you believe in the Bible, then incest is pretty much the only way we're here. Yeah, we're all related anyway. Because you know, Adam and Eve's kids must have fucked each other. Yeah. Oh, the monkeys. Yeah. I'm not. Which now I've just got the Ricky Gervais thing about HIV in you. Oh, Christ. <laughs> You are reading it or fucking it. I was eating it. <laughs> I was eating it. I um obviously uh, mentioning Game of Thrones. I've got my um my glorious uh, the most important person in my life, um, Tyrion, little Tyrion hamster. Uh, my hamster. Is he still alive in the show and or book? Uh, in show, uh, if you haven't seen um up to season four, then I need to tell you this is could be a spoiler. Um. Yes, he's still alive. Very much so. And I'm only halfway through the second book because, as I said before, I'm quite a slow reader, so I like to take breaks. See, that, that little noise that you might be able to hear, a little kind of metallic tapping, is the sound of Tyrion Lannister, the god of tits and wine, having a drink. Plotting a red wedding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's probably pissed off at me because he normally uh, comes out at at this point mm. well not as in as gay I mean I, I don't know about his sexual preference because he doesn't have another hamster here there is a rainbow in there there is but I put that there so <laughs> um, it might be enforced kind of happiness for the world <laughs> my favourite Game of Thrones thing had nothing to do with the show it was the daily show when John Oliver was hosting it right and he had about 30 seconds to kill he's like let's just throw over to George R. Martin <laughs> <laughs> Because just George R. R. Martin so his computer and he's just like hi George how are you doing and he's good great I've just killed three of your favourite characters and he just turns around and he's like what oh, what <laughs> my favourite Game of Thrones thing at the moment is a thing that's going around uh, social media which is Game of Thrones uh, the opening credits as if they were made in the 80s yeah but then they use the 90s Lois and Clark typeface they do I noticed that so I demand that I thought of you today because while I was on um, the radio 
on BBC Radio Gloucestershire. Anyway. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, Geek Week at Knowing Smirk, because um, that's next Thursday. Plug. Uh, <laughs> um, and that, when we were talking about our various geekeries, the host said to me, oh, mine was always The Adventures of Lois and Clark. And I thought, ah, oh, Stuart. <laughs> and then you corrected her. <laughs> what? The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Is it? Lois and Clark, Lois and New Adventures of Superman. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't correct her. I was, I was too busy. See, I'm pretty sure I struggled to get on Radio Gloucestershire because somebody, when we were doing the film festival thing, I was talking about the general dumbing down of film on television. I used film 2013 or whatever it was at the time. And she went, ah, Claudia. And I sort of gave a really dismissive sort of like, oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try not to insult the BBC while I'm on the BBC. Yeah. It's... I, I was going to moan about Clarkson today, but I thought, actually, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Why, has Clarkson done something wrong? I refuse to believe that kind, gentle Clarkson would have done something wrong. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, when they asked me what's going on, I was going to say, well, there's, there's this guy that um, I've heard of that was working for kind of a big company, and he's punched one of the other guys, but um, they're not going to sack him because everyone likes him. I think that's just weird. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, by the way, it was Jeremy Clarkson. Or Christian Bale. Or Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, but Christian Bale's talented. Yeah. You get away with it. I don't get the Top Gear thing. I've no. watched Top Gear and I've enjoyed Top Gear, but then you just reach a certain point where it's like, it just feels really staged and horrible. Yeah, it does. And um, you stop watching it. It really upsets me because normally the last thing I've watched before I go to bed is on Dave. So when I get up in the morning and switch my telly on, it takes a little while for it to warm up. So by, well, I'm in the kitchen making my tea, and suddenly all I can hear is, this is in the best world in the world. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to vomit my tea, turn it over. It's weird with Clarkson, he was always offensive, but he was on that weird borderline where it was kind of like, he was saying the things that people wouldn't dare say, but you kind of agree with it. And then he really started slipping into the, you're saying the things that people wouldn't dare say, and I really don't agree with it. And you're a dick. And now you're just being a prick. Yeah. Yep. It's almost like he got caught up in his own reputation. That never happens to people. Because I read things from his books that were like collections of his columns, and some of it is, or was at the time, quite funny. Oh, yeah, I used to watch um, Top Gear on a Sunday with my family, and I, I used to enjoy it, but kind of, he used to be a, char- a character, and yeah. now he's become that character. Yeah, it's kind of like the Ricky Gervais thing, where there was yeah. that period in Ricky Gervais's career where nobody really liked him because they couldn't work out that he was playing the character of Ricky Gervais rather yep. than yeah. that's who Ricky Gervais is. Whereas yeah. Clarkson seems to have been playing the part of Clarkson and now believes he is that character. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a knob, really. It's a knob, and it's, yeah. We're giving him far too much airtime, anyway. We are giving him too much airtime. Jesus, let's talk about Fifty Shades. Let's really bring it down. <laughs> Don't get me talking about Fifty Shades. I'm sure well, I nearly lost... You're a girl. You must surely have lost all common sense. Fuck you. <laughs> I ne- I'm sure I nearly lost one of my uh, one of my teaching jobs um, the other week by saying like, how much... Did you I... go dressed up as Anastasia That's why in the red room? I did. No, <laughs> by saying how much I hated it. And then all the uh, the woman who ran it and all the. To be fair, I've not read the book. I've not seen the film. When we had the book at work, I read some some of the pages of it. That's hilarious. I worked with a girl in a previous job that was writing her own erotic fiction, Mm. and you know, foolish dear, got passed (laughs) on. But and that had things like you know, in pleasure in the love, the nub of her love. 
<laughs> that is infinitely better than anything I saw in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. For one, this woman has no understanding of what BDSM is. No, oh my god, she really doesn't. I, I, it's really quite dangerous. I used to know um, uh, a couple of people who used to write for a BDSM magazine, um, uh, write the fiction for it, and have done a couple of novels and things, and they were so insulted by it, and they said this is just giving people ideas that are dangerous because you know there's no aftercare and she doesn't really understand what she's getting into and, and it paints well, as and the fact that they have safe words but then ignore safe words yeah things like that and it, it basically paints a romanticised version of domestic violence not a BDSM relationship and that's why I get upset with it and that's why people shouldn't bring it up no, it's like no. it on my soapbox and I, that's really boring I, I wholeheartedly agree with you I mean, I've got nothing wrong with people that one was the reason True Believers came into existence to be fair really? because I got so angry that she had a they gave her a booth at San Diego Comic Con. Whoa. Went on the cusp of the book being massive and then selling the film rights. And I said, like, that has no. F- I mean. I mean, I started as life as a twice shite fan fiction, but, you know. I've got no. I've got a real problem with San Diego Comic Con anyway, because it's not about comic <laughs> It's about TV shows that don't even have a place in geekdom, really. Uh-huh. And it just doesn't That's appeal upsetting. to me. Size. But then Fifty Shades have nothing there. I was like, oh, fuck That's this shit. I'm putting on our Comic Con that's about comics. Like and then the week after the Fifty Shades movie opened. After our Comic Con, so yeah. Well, um, you know, at least something good came out of it. Yeah. Just, oh man, no. It's just, it, it's horrible, and I don't. I very nearly got to the point where I was going to start deleting people from it. Oh, I nearly, too. I nearly put up a poster, and I don't care if you're my uh, friend or family, I would delete you if you mentioned that you are going to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Love Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm going back to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I went through a phase of during opening week because, um, uh, as my guise as a performance poet, um, I have a Fifty Shades of Dismay poem. Um, <laughs> I read it. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. I've um, not read it. You did a YouTube video. Yeah, I've got a YouTube video of it. And so through opening week, anytime anyone mentioned that they're going to see it or had liked it or anything, I just posted that every single time. I must have posted it about fifty times that week. I just I don't I don't get it. It's not. Sexy, it's not. It's so bad. Like I, say, I mean, I don't know a lot about BDSM either, to be fair, but I've also never written a book about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's terrible, terrible writing, and it's a terrible oh, it's story. It's awful. The dialogue's dreadful as well. God, lady. The only two good things that have come out of it is the Fifty Shades of Batman yeah. trailer and the gag on the soup about when they broke the news that the scene involving the tampon had been cut out that wasn't going to be part of the film and it cuts to a guy stood next to the guy doing the story and the giant tampon suit like what? this is the worst thing I've ever been pulled out of <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> I was like it was almost worth it just for that gag <laughs> <laughs> oh god and now we've given that way too much air we have yeah yeah probably essentially giving that woman more money no no don't give her any more money it's fine she's probably going to be writing the sequel so. um, yeah they brought in Patrick Marber to sort out the script and make it you know actually interesting and she said she did she, she insisted that she do the script rather well, than Patrick fucking Marber well to be fair her against Patrick Marber I mean uh, it's, yeah. it's no contest though. who would I rather have writing my films E.L. James yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Ugh. No. Ugh. She's a vile woman as well. I've seen her interview. Mm. She's just got that privileged board housewife kind of thing going. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. 
It makes me cross because I know so many writers who are struggling writers who are so good and for something that crap to do so well and to be remembered forever. It much. just makes me angry that people fall for it. I know that there are those people. I mean, my, my issues with Twilight aside, yeah, in that, you know, the basic issues. theme of Twilight is... Different you know, issues, but... It's just kind of... I kind of sort of look at it and you kind of like, you know, this is kind of setting feminism back like years. This is like... This, this, this and any people. argument you have for being a strong, independent, smart female is just being completely lost by this cinema stub. It's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And these are the same people that watch Mrs. Brown's Boys. Again, I don't get it. <laughs> why? Why do you do that? And, and why do you watch TOWIE? Unironically, I've, I know people who watch it ironically, as in to laugh at the people. But I, I also know of people who watch it because they find it interesting. It's like people who watch The Hills and all that shit. And it's like you do realise it's scripted. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Go, go, go and go and watch The Avengers. It's hype. Well, That's the problem. It's hype. I hate hype. I hate it makes me sad. Apart from hype about Knowing Smirk, which is a great, great comedy show. <laughs> we should talk about Knowing Smirk. We should talk about Knowing Smirk. So how does this tie into Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> Knowing Smirk doesn't tie into Fifty Shades of Grey. However... This is why you're not pulling in millions of stupid why, women. That's why. It is Geek Week next week. Because um, Knowing Smirk is a comedy show that I'm part of. And it's 50% written sketches and 50% improv. We have a theme every month, and uh, this month is Geek Week. Um, that's said affectionately, by the way. <laughs> I like the term geek. Um, and I'm hosting it because Francis, who actually runs it, knows nothing about geekdom at all. So, And it's an excuse for me to dress up as the 11th Doctor. So, uh, yeah. Um, so we've got sketches on uh, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter. Um, uh, I can't say what the superhero one is yet because I haven't read the sketch yet. Yeah. Um, there's a Candy Crush one because um, that's an obsession. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people another, get obsessed by it, and if you're obsessed by something, um, Lego minifigures in my opinion. Oh, Lego minifigs! Oh, and obviously there's a Lord of the Rings one going on, um, which I, I was very happy with, which I think is called Blink and It's Gondor. Cool. Yeah. How many endings does it have? <laughs> it, it only has one. It only has one, but that's then it's not a true Lord of the Rings. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Game of Thrones one um, because uh, Eddie, my housemate, who's also in Knowing Smirk, um, he read it and he's never seen any Game of Thrones and he still liked it because it was taking the piss out of what he knew about it. Um, but we take the piss affectionately out of things. You get somebody to film it and yeah. set up a YouTube channel. You get the Burnt Papyrus guys in to film it. Well, I've, I've thought about that because, I mean, it, it should go on the, the Tiny Bag Productions website. Um, because that is Francis Murray Brown's um, YouTube channel is youtube.com slash tiny bag um, and that's the idea is is it will get filmed eventually but because we're doing it every month we run out of time <laughs> we have to meet every week we have to do the the workshop on the theme which gets us the sketches then we have to do the writers room because we write it like an American show everyone writes their sketch we come in and then we all tear it to pieces until it's good enough and then we have to rehearse the sketches, and then we have to do the show. So we run out of time yeah. to organise filming. Um, we have we have filmed little bits of it before. Or do what's the thing that's like YouTube, but you broadcast live? 
Um, you, uh, Google Hangout. Possibly. You could do it. You, we could do a Google Hangout of it, but it's finding somewhere to place the camera that but would the, not the be dang- in the way of the audience. And the danger of doing that is no fuck on Turner because <laughs> they can just watch it at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's always that. <laughs> Forget that, that's a bad plan. Yeah, don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, but, you know, you can, win, you can win a badge if you come to the show. So. Cool. Yeah, win a badge. And it's only a fiver to get in on a Thursday night. What else are you doing on a Thursday fucking night? Other than um, going to the quiz when the quiz was on. Arrows on telling us this. Yeah, but... I'm the good wife, I mean... There, there's this thing called Tebow. <sighs> or Sky Plus. <laughs> or Sky Plus I'd rather have Sky Plus I've got Virgin or if you're just really old shite. school and insistent there's a video there's a video <laughs> yeah you can record it on VHS Aww. and then get pissed off when the last five minutes cut yep <laughs> actually yeah. I, I had um, oh what was it I think it was an episode of Blackadder on tape that I would watch and then the last five minutes were the, the first few minutes of Aliens cool so as a kid I, I was introduced to Aliens quite early where did it cut off did you get to see Stuart Milligan in it oh it didn't cut off at all it had the whole film on it awesome <laughs> yeah I got really excited when I realised that it was Stuart Milligan who was Adam in Jonathan Creek it's yes. the guy in the salvage team yeah but more because he was Superman in the Dirt Mags Superman shows oh was he yeah oh that's cool oh that's a nice little triptych that's, that's a nice little connection there. That's like my that. second favourite discovery after going with a girl on our second date to watch Notting Hill at the cinema mm. and Laura Lai King was in it and me exclaiming quite loudly in the cinema that it was Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl I was with kind of be like, right, shut up. Right, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> you crazy fuck. <laughs> Actually, that probably brings me on to how uh, you and I met. Because, you lovely listeners, Stuart and I met in a very odd kind of way because I wrote a letter to SFX magazine. Mm. Did um, complaining that um, <laughs> there weren't any good geeks left that would go out with geeky girls because they all wanted to go out with the girl that they couldn't get. So it was always, you know, if you knew one end of the sonic screwdriver from the other, then then you know you're in trouble. And um, it, it says join Amy from Stroud, and obviously Stroud isn't particularly big place. The weird thing with that was that I was reading SFX while the internet was loading up and then I went on to Facebook and back then those days you could click the things the you liked if you clicked thing. on it. Yeah. It didn't go to a page like it does now. It told gave you a list of people that also liked it. Yeah, that's And right. your name was about the third one down. I was like, yep. I was like I've seen that name somewhere recently and then I remember It's not that a very was, common name. <laughs> and it was like a really weird thing a lie I've been following you for months <laughs> <laughs> stalking it's fine but he only kills babysitters I'm not um, sure what it was it must have been a fire file or something I, it was just weirdly how it listed it probably. but I just because it was in the early days of Facebook so that's how you sort yeah. of built up your network it was really it was really odd um, and then we and ended up doing yeah, show I sent you a message saying that I've written a script not, not all men are intimidated Yes, <laughs> 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 I'm married <laughs> I'm not coming on to you. <laughs> Let's go read scripts. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Then you, well, no, come meet me in pubs. <laughs> Can you act? Well, I make like, films. It was Halloween, but you, you said it's okay. Um, no, no, it wasn't Halloween. It was... No, it was before that because the, it was nearly the, the comedy show that we did. That came later. That was yeah. about a year later we did the comedy yeah. show, wasn't it? Because we did... I was trying to make a third film. Yes. 
and that's what I met you up with you about originally. Yeah. Because we messaged back and forth via Facebook, and then I, I found the perfect moment to ask if you act. <laughs> yes, I do. Because it is generally creepy to just jump straight in. Like, are you an actress? <laughs> Would you like to take some photographs? I make films. <laughs> I make films, I do. <laughs> can take some professional photos if you like. You don't have to tell. <laughs> just take your top off. <laughs> But that was good because that basically that scene in fame. God, but that was that comedy show that I did with you was the thing that that kind of got me into doing comedy because from that I you met Barnaby. I, I met well, no, from that I met, met James, James Rushbrook, and then and then I met Barnaby. That's right. Um, and Barnaby that's got, I just completely erased James from <laughs> James. Loves James. You and James who were the saving graces of that whole. Thing. <laughs> well, James is now an associate playwright for the London Old Vic. I know that. That, I know. I know. I, I I call him a jammy bastard, but I think if anyone that I know um, is talented enough to actually do that, it's probably James Rushbrook. Just kind of fucking annoying. Um, but he'll always be that guy that typed with long hair flying everywhere yeah, whilst uh, yeah. the Murder She Wrote theme played. Oh, yeah, do, 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 do. I really enjoyed that. Night. I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good fun. And yeah, yeah I, I had to actually go up on stage, which is not something I never wanted to do. <laughs> it has to happen sometime. To the best of us. That was one of those things that weirdly fell together. It was planned so perfectly, but then we just couldn't get a cast. Yeah. So it was just any random person. Yeah. Although the auditions for that were great, the guy who came in and refused to read. What? (laughs) He came in. I think Claire had said that we were doing the auditions. Hmm. And um, he came in to read, and I gave him the thing to read, and he looked at me and wanted to read this. Like, yeah, you know, if you don't mind, he was like, you want me to read this. It wasn't anything. It was a sketch. I think I yeah. grabbed a Saturday Night Live sketch or something. Something simple that was just a two-hander that yeah. could be read back. And he just refused to walk out. Wow. I don't know if he thought we were just horribly unprepared or <laughs> he was the only one who turned up or what. Well, I, uh, my first experience of it was I got into the meeting room and James Rushbrook went, oh, you're an improviser. Quick, improvise with me. <laughs> and that's the first thing I had. Like, um, uh, um. <laughs> You came in at the right time because we just had, I won't say his name, a guy who was writing with us and his stories, his sketches were just creepy and horrible. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I won't use names. About, please not investigate in the disappearance of ugly children. You know. <laughs> just, as a practice, it's quite funny. But it's just know. really creepy. I've still got sketches we never did because I've never worked out how to do them. Like the one about a newspaper only running a story if they've got a catchy headline for it. Like, I just never get it to play. I think we did pretty well, though. I think we did. I think, I think we did. And I was I was proud of being My favourite memory is me and Ross and James doing the audio clips that we played. Oh, God, between yes. the set, With me, Ross and James doing Chad, Brad and Tad. Oh, Chad, Brad and Tad. I forgot about that. And it's just <laughs> laying into the alley who was playing like, these various... <laughs> Like a waitress or somebody working there. Let's just keep escalating it to the point where the other was like, "Listen, you can't." <laughs> I think my just dropping the C bomb. Oh god! My favourite one of those was the "Hello, this is a French. We'd like to apologise for everything." <laughs> oh god! Oh dear! Yeah, that uh, the um, the parents' evening sketch was one of my favourite ones to do, which is one of James's sketch. Sketches yeah. just because I got to say that your child has all the intelligence of Kelp. <laughs> I think it was a wonderful line. I liked the natural selection. I can't. Oh, I, I liked that. Yeah. I don't know if I wrote that one or not. No, I think Which you sounds did. really. I think you did. Write I like the one I wrote. <laughs> the natural selection one. But no, it was more the performance. I thought Ross 
was really good in it. Yeah. I thought you and James were really good in it. And I thought, was it Faye was in it? Yeah, Faye, Faye was the... Is, yeah, Faye, because Faye was like, like the actual pretty one. Yeah. You know, the actual normal person. Yeah, you were the shell-suited one. I was, I was the shell-suited chav, <laughs> which made me so happy. Oh, uh, James did the chav one as well, didn't he? Yeah. With you and him sitting on the wall. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was my sketch. That was that your one. sketch, That was yeah. my sketch. That's <laughs> like, right, James was in it. That's it, James was in it. James was, plays a 14-year-old chav girl very well. Yeah, he was a 14-year-old chav girl who then um, announced that, in fact, he uh, he was an accountant, a 40-year-old accountant. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> and um, Hannah, I think her name was, the, the, other, yeah. the other actress, um, she was also something ridiculous. And then my character went off on one about how you're not what you say you are, and then took off her shell suit and said right I've got to go I've got a mass to take <laughs> <laughs> the dog collar underneath oh god yeah <laughs> that was good I always wanted to do more of those again the idea for that was eventually to start filming them as actual sketches yeah. and putting them up on YouTube well with um, Knowing Smirk we're hoping to like do that eventually I mean because yeah. we want to get like a 15 minute mini sketch of mm. I want to do an audio version of Knowing Smirk um, of the sketches yeah um We've done we've done a hundred, over a hundred sketches now, which is really cool. weird that we've written over a hundred sketches. How did that happen? Um, I really want to do an audio play, like a proper old fashioned audio play. Strange you say that because that's something that I've always wanted to do. And um, coming out in April um, is the audio book of Single White Who Fan, cool. which is the Jackie Jenkins book. Yeah. Um, There's the a female writer at Doctor Who magazine. Um, and she wrote this book, um, Doctor uh, Single White Who Fan, which is basically like Bridget, Bridget Jones's diary for Doctor Who fans. Um, and I played I'm her. <laughs> yeah, I, I. You've lost me on the Bridget Jones side. To be honest. I, I played her in the in the audio book, and that's coming out in April. And that was so much bloody fun to do. Except that um, there was a cameo in it from Jackie Jenkins herself. Um, and so she was playing her mother so I had to pretend to be Jackie Jenkins in front of Jackie Jenkins that was terrifying that's weird but it was it was nice to do something quite so geeky and understand the actual like references and stuff that was really nice you didn't touch each other did you because if we learned anything from the episode where Rose sees herself as a baby no well, no we wouldn't we didn't chance it we didn't chance it it wasn't worth it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's actually it was really good fun and the hardest thing to do was not to laugh while I was reading it yeah because it was re- it, it, it's funny and sad and Doctor Who-y and I, said, I don't know why, what it is about doing audio but I think it's because like being such a fan of the Dirt Mag stuff when I was a kid not having a telly that being the only thing I had yeah plus your imagination can go anywhere yeah it's, it's like well that's you're it reading, you're, not, yeah. you're not restrained by money no <laughs> we not. can't afford a spaceship <laughs> we yes, can't we can we can't afford for Zayfield being brought to have a second we head. just need a guy to go <laughs> into a microphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. And I, I love um, acting in audio stuff. I've done quite a lot of audio. And I love doing voices and accents and all that kind of stuff. Apart from Welsh, as you learn on the comedy show. Um, <laughs> the two things I want to do is like a radio sci fi show, like the old 30s ones, like really playing up all those tricks. And a play that's done like Acorn Antiques. <gasps> so it's deliberately things go wrong, but you don't let people in on the fact that things are deliberately going wrong. That would be lovely. 
<laughs> lovely, lovely. But now I've said it, everybody would know. Yes, everyone would know that it's um, actually meant to be that way. One day I'll write a serious play about some serious thing, and people would just be there going, like, this is going to go wrong. Is this <laughs> meant to? <laughs> I'm so glad you finally got to your, to your thing that goes wrong. No, this is actually a serious play. This is um, <laughs> actually really heartfelt for me. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Oh, dear. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that means that I'll get to go to some kind of convention and be like, I'm the girl from the audiobook of Single White Who Fan. Love me, geeks, love me. Only there was a convention in Gloucestershire. If only there was. Only there terrible was. Thing, terrible thing. Maybe at the race course. Maybe. Maybe on the yeah. 6th of February next year. Do you know, I think that's probably a really good date for it. Could, could work, could not it? Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, could call it True Believers. Oh, that's a good title. I quite oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's quite good. I am. Um, <laughs> I'm still generally amazed that there wasn't a convention called True Believers. Yeah, how did that happen? I don't know. We were just thinking at various names because that's the like worst thing is trying to name yeah. them. I, I know. Uh, being an owner of my own business <laughs> and, and several offshoots of that business, I do understand where you're coming from. It's like when I was writing the film, trying to come up with a name for the fictional comic shop in it. Yeah, because I also didn't want to use. Re- in the end, I ended up using the enthusiast, which used to be the comic shop in Gloucester. Oh, I loved it so much! But I used to go in there for my Star Trek paraphernalia. <laughs> and now, if ever I want to open a comic shop and I want to call it the enthusiast, I'd have to kill him and steal the name. Yeah, which isn't really cool. It's not the best way to start your business. No, you could just ask. Unless you're nicely. Dexter. Oh yeah, unless you're Dexter. In which case, the guy would have had to have done something truly awful. Yeah, Dexter to kill him. Or have seen him well, murder someone else. As far as my wife's concerned, I spent so much money in there, it's probably awful enough. Yeah! yeah <laughs> we could have gone on holiday. Yeah, but we wouldn't have had all this stuff. <laughs> Andy used to be the fucker for that. I could buy things like statues and put them up on the shelf and never get noticed. Andy would come around and go, that new Batman statue? Straight in the shit. Uh... Jack, my eldest, is just as bad for it. <laughs> like where I'll buy new Lego minifigures it'll instantly spot it even if I buried it in the middle or the Doctor Who things uh, yeah. they reduced all of those to 50p each in Tesco's when? Uh, I don't know I noticed oh, it on Saturday God. but it's like there's only three Doctors Eccleston Tennant and Smith Yeah, but and I, then the Jadoon I haven't got a Jadoon I might have a spare Jadoon you might have a spare Jadoon have your spare Jadoon if you've got yes. one that would be lovely. Remind me next time. Awesome. <laughs> you just be following me. I can. I can never got have enough do, Doctor Who minifigs. I love them so much. I need to go on eBay and buy the uh, remaining Doctors because I'm only missing two now, and you can't fill the bags like you can with Lego. No. Because Lego minifigures, I've just given up on blind buying them. I will happily stand there looking like a knob for half an hour in a shop, feeling the bags and getting the full set, <laughs> the right and not wasting about fifteen quid on swaps. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, I do understand. Although there's certain ones that I have to deliberately buy two off so that Jack can have the swaps um, so he got very annoyed at me that I completed the set before he got a king oh, that's your son I know so I had to spend Tesco's refueling bags until I found a king the sausage man was easy to find because it was essentially feeling <laughs> for a little mini penis in a in a bag in a bag well, let's face it most of us well, occasionally uh, <laughs> it's just Friday night in Sweden isn't it <laughs> feeling for a tiny penis in a bag <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the, the trouble with my um, toy collection now I'm back on geek stuff here and yes. talking about my Anne Summers toy collection um, 
<clears throat> he used to be a rep. Well, throwing back to the earlier podcast, we had a long conversation about the Avengers dildos that they released. There are Avengers dildos? Yes. I want the set. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds Apparently, amazing. The Hulk one is a beast. Like, it would kill you. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Because I, I used to be an Anne Summers rep, and we had one that was basically you could have called the Hulk. <laughs> Right, it was enormous. It was called the expanding one, and it would like it would get thicker. <laughs> Could you not just... make it angry? No, don't make it angry. Don't make it angry. You wouldn't like it if, you, if it's angry. But I, I love that. There's actually a series of them, and it's not just that they're different colours. It's that they do different things. No, they were like you know. That is amazing. It looked like Iron Man, or that is amazing. I only found out about them because it was on a Kevin Smith podcast. You know, about companies sending free shit all the time and it's just the one box he decided to let his daughter open. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not order this stuff. There's wigs. When the film came out, I um, bonded with um, a friend of Jay's, Rushbrooks, actually, um, on his birthday night out and we hadn't met before by drunkenly rating in what order you'd sleep with the Avengers because obviously you'd have to sleep with all of them. Well, and unfair. why <laughs> so we had to give reasons as to in what order um, where did Hawkeye come because Hawkeye always gets a bomb deal he does get a bomb deal <laughs> <laughs> so anal <laughs> um, Hawkeye no I think Hawkeye did okay actually who was top was it Thor um, no top was let's do this list let's do your Avengers do list oh Christ <laughs> okay alright okay so we started with um, uh, Black Widow fair enough um, not because she's a warm-up, but because <laughs> because you need to be more more delicate with a woman. You know, it's it's more it's it's more emotional. You know, you know, so, so you can concentrate because you're not knackered from the other ones, right? <laughs> so you just reminded me of a very long conversation I had with my friend at work about the lesbian porn over normal porn. <laughs> right. And my essential argument was that women together get to have sexy sex, whereas a man fucking a woman in porn is very much like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's not at all. I don't. <laughs> but then again, uh, girl on girl porn is incredibly heterosexual. Oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> there are any lesbians that would have sex that way? I, um, I wasn't defending it. Was... <laughs> no, no, I just mean that it's like no, I, I completely agree with you. Or why lesbians yeah. are such a turn on? It's kind of because it's you know it's more tender. It's yeah, a, it's more t- it, I guess. it is. It's sexy sex. Yes, I understand. So we start with we start with Black Widow, and that and that's the good reason why. Um, so and then you'd go for for Thor because he's kind of like the manly, rough and, and tumble, but but still with girly hair. But still with the girly hair, it's probably probably very kind of just raw, raw kind of thing. Um, and then afterwards, because uh, you probably go for Iron Man because it's going to be more of um, a probably toy based experience, <laughs> lots of gadgets. That kind of thing. That's the Iron Man suit I want to see in Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> goes into a fight and realises he's wearing the sex toy suit. He's wearing the sex toy suit. Um, and then, of course, after that, you're going to want Just something... Just a load of condoms fire out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's why afterwards you go for Captain America. Because Captain America is going to be the vanilla one. I just it's got an image be of it being like the end of Batman Returns, but instead of the penguin with the cute umbrella, it's just like I'm out with the shit. I picked the sexy one. I got the sexy one. <laughs> just pushes a button and his ass cheek blades fall out. Jarvis talking dirty in one ear. Work it, sir. Yeah, please. Work it, sir. <laughs> 
So yeah, and then and then you are the daddy, sir. <laughs> you are. That's right, sir. You are the daddy. Um, I'm not sure if that's for him or for me. Um, but then then you've got Captain America. This is the vanilla one. You know, it's all going to be. It's going to be very simple, very clean. Because you know, efficient. Can, yeah, efficient. But you're going to be exhausted after after that one. Um, and then uh, you go for Hawkeye. I go for Hawkeye because he's very sexy, very well toned, um, and and he's wearing basically a bondage suit, yeah. um, pretty much. So you assume it's going to be a little bit kinky, um, <laughs> which means that by the time you get to the Hulk, you're you've prepared yourself enough, <laughs> um, and you know you you've you've done your proper like physical warm up in order <laughs> to be able to deal with the Hulk. So yeah. Basically, it's like the to live and die in LA thing, where they shot the reverse car chase back uh, last because they knew that if they died, they at least had the rest of the film in the can. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, it's it's exactly like that. So that's that's what we ended up uh, <laughs> agreeing on. <laughs> no love for Coulson. Then. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry, Phil, you're not a superhero. <laughs> And then uh, there was the choice of if you could talk all of them for Loki, would you? And then, of course, I would. Now you can throw Quicksilver into the mix. <gasps> oh, which yeah. Needs to be quick. Yeah, but it would be like really intense. Yeah. Because to him, it wouldn't be quick. Like an espresso shot. Yeah. An espresso shot of sex. Oh, I want to create fake dating profiles for all these characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be really cool. That would be amazing. Well, there, there's a little audio, uh, <laughs> audio thing for you Avengers dating. <laughs> Oh, uh, right. I want to hear Quicksilver or The Flash having sex in an audio thing <laughs> <Although> <laughs> I'm actually playing Tony Stark in a sketch on Knowing, in Knowing Smirk cool. which is really going to be really upsetting to my mother because she loves him <laughs> she's going to get really freaked out how can you not love him did you see the thing with the video of him taking the arm to the little boy I did I did and my favourite thing is the little air punch that <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. does when the, the kid says yeah it's Iron Man <laughs> <laughs> Nerds do wonderful things. Famous nerds and non-famous nerds. Did you see the guy who sent the had the cool Iron Man suit? So he sent the video, the Merry Christmas video to the kid. It was about three or four years ago. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, you I love shit like that. That's because I mean there are dickish nerds. Like when I go, went to go and see the Veronica Mars movie, went to the London premiere. Yeah. And um, show off. <laughs> <laughs> massive geek. Massive Ronnie Mars, uh, Ronnie Mars fan. Um, That's what you should be. You should be. Everyone should be marshmallows. It's like, and it's only twenty quid to buy the complete series in HMV. Wrong with with the movie in it. Next time I've paid my rent, I think <laughs> I will go. I'll go and I'll go and get that rather than borrowing. Oh, there you go. Tables. Judging people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even own it. But there's. A, I didn't need to. I had somebody else's. Uh, there was a guy who'd obviously he he was there on his own, right. He had booked a ticket, like, in the middle of the cinema. Slam bang in the middle of the cinema, right? Now, because of this, these two people that had travelled there together could not sit next to each other, and he would not move one seat to the left or right in order to let them sit together. Yeah, that's dickish. Bang in the centre is not the ideal seat. It's not the ideal seat at all. He knows nothing. No. But uh, he was... What a prick. That's a uh, that man was Mark Knud. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Mark would never do something I'm like that. The cat's in flappy hands. <laughs> Danny Lee. <laughs> oh dear, I, I did mean to talk on the radio about the code of conduct today, but we didn't get time. <laughs> I'm getting more and more annoyed. I've got, I've got a friend. Let's call him Tom because that's his name. Uh, <laughs> 
who uses his mobile phone during the film. See, no, that's not cool. I can see that. That's a really bright light right next to me. You're not watching the telly. That's nothing. You're watching a film. I went with my wife on a Saturday morning to watch Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. The Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden one. Uh Mm, Matthew McFadden. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then... A girl in the front row not only answered her phone, she answered it on speakerphone and had a conversation with her mother for about five minutes of the film. Oh my god. And at no point did her mum go, Are you in the fucking cinema? I think I would have kicked her by then. Well, I went to try and find an usher, but as we all know, they don't exist anymore. No, no, because they're there. Um... And, and waving at the projection booth also does nothing. Because <laughs> there's no one there. And going to the front desk also does nothing because it's all fucking robot machines. And I wasn't in the queue for 20 minutes to go no. ask all the people wanting popcorn. You see, you're a nice, nice person. You'd go and get an usher to do it properly, whereas I'd probably just storm down there and take her phone off of her. Yeah, the problem I have with that is then I'm the one who gets kicked out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah, but you do feel so self-righteous. My... <laughs> finest hour at the cinema was queuing up to see Serenity and there were a bunch of bell-end knobby kids in front and they were being knobs in the queue and they were talking about how they were going to be a knob during the film and they went up and asked for their tickets to Serenity and I turned to my wife and lady went they were 15 to me they got ID'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good I was like fuck you dicks that's good <laughs> I remember being uh, being at the cinema going to see oh, I can't remember what film it was but it was I was only going to see the film because it had the new Batman trailer in front of it which is pretty much why everyone was going to see it and when the Batman trailer came on everyone stopped talking apart from the one girl behind us who was kind of a, a chubby girl who kept going on about her friend uh, to her friend and her friend kept going shh like, and then kept going on and on and eventually went why is everyone so quiet? <laughs> This is why we're here. Shut up, Nobed. It's when you just want Christian Bale's Batman to just appear from nowhere in front of the person like, Bring us a What? Oh dear. <laughs> I love this Batman voice, it's so wonderfully fucking stupid. No, I wish it had subtitles though, it really would have helped me. <laughs> it's the him and Bane thing, isn't it? Christ. Although I didn't have a problem with understanding Bane. No, I had no problem with understanding Bane. But, to be fair, that was the least of the problems with the Dark Knight Rises. Oh dear. It's not a bit bad. Are you not happy? I liked the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, but then again, I'm not hardcore Batman fan. It's fine as a film, but you really get the impression that Christopher Nolan had no interest in making a Batman film by that point. Right. The fact that Batman retires for eight years because his girlfriend, who wasn't even his girlfriend, got blown up. And it was only like Katie Holmes anyway, wasn't it? No, it was no, Maggie Gyllenhaal by then. Okay, yeah, I understand. So She's not annoying. No, so you kind of... Ah, it makes sense why they didn't cast Jake Gyllenhaal as Harvey Dent. <laughs> that oh, would have yes, been weird. that would have been really, really weird. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been weird if they'd cast him? Then I Katie see. Holmes dropped out and then they were like, we replaced with Mac. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've seen it in Amdram Theatre before. I've seen, I've seen a production um, of... I can't say what the production is because people will know who I'm talking about and, <laughs> and there'll be a connection to this somehow. We'll know who those incestuous people are. Yeah, it was a brother and sister who were cast as kind of romantic leads. And I was like, it, I'd have to drop out. I, c- I could not do that. No. no. I, 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 how? It's not, yeah. it's not that you're amazing professionals because it's Amdram. <laughs> <laughs> Amdram's not worth it. Not worth the therapy. 
Andram that confused young boys everywhere by casting Prince Charming as a girl and giving them very attractive legs. <laughs> I think they're more confused by Peter Pan having breasts. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. What is happening? I like breasts, but on boys? I don't get it. <laughs> <sighs> That's why the bear movement came <laughs> 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 But yeah, no, it was just... It wasn't a good Batman film. <laughs> I, I, far too many things wrong with it. But and I don't just mean plot holes. It, it had... Um, it had... Um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. in it. And I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What, the man who inherits the mantle of the bat is the guy who accidentally shoots somebody and then throws his gun away? <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's who I want to hand over the bat cave to. Yep. The guy with no friggin' training. But there is that really cool shot of him moving through the hospital with the shotgun just banging through all the doors. Yeah, that's very cool. But then it's completely undermined by Jim Gordon pretty much pinning him by telling him he didn't check his corner. Yeah. He looked really cool and then he just ruined it. (laughs) But we've got lots of DC comic book movies to look forward to now. All sound amazing. Right. (laughs) Maybe sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I my problem with that. this is that they don't earn it anymore. Marvel earned the franchise. Yeah. They did Iron Man, and they clearly had a franchise in mind. They clearly had it in mind that they'd build towards the Avengers. Mm. At what point, whether they'd set out to make Iron Man with that in mind, or whether they were so pleased with what they were seeing with Iron Man, then decided to add mm. the Samuel L. Jackson thing because that was a late addition. But they earned it. They then didn't go. Iron Man was really popular. Let's announce Thor, Captain America, Incredible Hulk, Avengers. They built up to it. They saw how Incredible Hulk went, and they're like, it didn't really work, but it still made enough money that we can build on it. Let's do Iron Man two next, and then Thor, Captain America, working towards Avengers. Whereas Warner Brothers just seems to have gone. Yeah, we're going to do Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever the fuck else. <laughs> Get us some money, quick, Suicide Squad. I, I, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really happy that Marvel have got um, Spidey back. Yes, well, they sort of got Spidey back. Well, yeah. The the only issue I have with that is one bit like Robbie Williams coming back to take that. They didn't need him. <laughs> they didn't need him. But they they don't need Spider Man. It's also it does throw a little bit of doubt on their proposed slate for because obviously it's then moved Black Panther back and it's moved other things there with incorporating a new Spider-Man film into it does that mean they're going to stop taking risks where they would have before with things like Guardians of the Galaxy well I don't know it depends what they want to do with them because uh, I mean we don't need another origin story we just, Fuck we just, no. we just don't um, to be fair Amazing Spider-Man could have been great if it had just picked up like the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon did where it's about a year into his career um, I'm so sick of Spider-Man origin stories, and it's really hard for me because uh, Spidey is 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 basically the first person I ever fancied didn't exist because that was <laughs> Peter Parker. At the age of about seven, I was completely in love with Peter Parker. That's fair enough. Right from um, old uh, comic books that I picked up, and from uh, the kids' TV show. And I was so excited when there was going to be a Spider-Man film, and I, I loved it just because it was Spidey. Um, and then there was a second one, 
and I couldn't love it even though I loved Spidey and then there was a third one which I hated even though I loved Spidey and then I was so desperate for, for something I to be I loved the first one but it doesn't hold up on rewatch and the it dialogue's doesn't. terrible the scene in the hospital where he's talking to Mary Jane about talking to Spider-Man it's like, and I was like Spidey dude I was like Ugh. I know it, it's it, two's good but the problem with Spider-Man and it's a fundamental problem with the comics to a degree is that all the characters are created by accident and then the films made them sympathetic so like Norman Osborn wasn't really mad, uh, bad he was driven mad by the Green Goblin Doctor Octopus was a good guy really he was just driven mad by having the things attached to him Sandman wasn't a bad guy driven mad by blah blah blah, blah, blah. Mm. <laughs> I just like you know some bad guys yeah I think Amazing Spider-Man did thing, some things right and a lot of things wrong. Yeah. I think the casting was pretty much spot on. I'd agree with that. But I then they made Peter Parker a dick. <laughs> yep. Uh, which he's not. Spidey's a bit of a dick. Spidey's a bit of a dick, but then they made, not. they made him a dick as well with the whole sneezing web fluid thing and all that. Yeah. That was just Spidey being a dick. I think the dragging out who killed Uncle Ben thing and then obviously they're never going to resolve it now no. was stupid because if you're going to again you didn't need to do the origin I get that they were trying to do something different I love the way that they just tried to avoid with great power comes great responsibility Yes. by giving the wonderful President Bartlett that awful phone message where he says with great power comes great responsibility without ever using those words <laughs> and in the longest winded way possible I, um... he'd probably still be alive if he hadn't been spending so long concentrating on that yeah. message Probably, probably. I kind of wish they'd just gone completely different. Killed Aunt May, kept Uncle Ben alive. Yep. I think the big problem with Amazing Spider-Man 2 is that for everything that was right with it, it ended on such a downer. I know. That that's all anybody walked away with. And Gwen was great. I would have kept, I would have changed continuity, I would have kept Gwen Stacy alive. I'd kept Gwen. Um, I just never bothered addressing that. No. I'd, I'd have kept her alive. She would. She could have fucked off to England on her own. I would have, but she just. Oh, she's a great you, character. She if was, you're going to kill her, do it halfway through the third film, so that you've got enough film left to. Yeah, because it is a huge downer. Cause, I mean, the bit with the kids standing up to Rhino is quite nice, but you're still kind of like, and it's such a horrible death as well. Mm. When you hear the fucking thud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, it's just it was missing something and and I didn't like the score I think that's a big thing for me if I don't like the score which is weird because it was Hans Zimmer who generally does those things pretty well but then the Danny Elfman score for Spider-Man was really good yeah. so and there was just something about it that didn't sit with me and that couldn't entirely put me off a film but there's this weird thing that I don't understand with comic movies at the moment is Marvel is making so much money from going this shit's ridiculous let's fucking embrace it but everything else, the new Fantastic Four looks like it's going the Nolan route. The X-Men films seem to be going more and more the Nolan route. Warner Brothers have based their entire thing on Nolan. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, we need dark superheroes we can relate to. It's like, no, we fucking don't. Eddie, Eddie wrote, at, um, at no point did I read Superman so I could relate to Superman. Eddie has written a Noddy sketch, but it's Noddy... Is it? No... No, that's not the one. It's it's Nick. Nick wrote um, the Banana Man sketch, but it's Banana Man as directed by Chris Nolan. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't want everything to go that way. But the thing I, I love about Guardians of the Galaxy is how much it makes me laugh as well as cry. Yes. As well as have the action stuff. It's got everything in there, and it needs you need to. Oh, get Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. pretty much makes you cry straight away. The scene oh, where gosh, his mother yeah. dies is horrible. I know. Within the first two minutes, I was bawling my eyes out, but also going. But then I'm he does that awesome dance and I'm back in. Yeah, the dance that I do down the road as the soundtrack comes on. <laughs> I'm terrible if it plays. Grab, like, grabbing small dachshunds on the way to sing into. <laughs> <laughs> but. I don't know, it, it seems lazy. Everything seems to be built towards a franchise. Mm. I watched Stardust again the other night. No. I adore Stardust. I love Stardust. Which was one of the few fantasy films that the wife actually wanted to go and watch the cinema because Take That did the song for it. Ah, okay. So, it's also the only reason she was remotely interested in X-Men First Class. Because oh. Matthew Vaughan seems to like using Take That, so... That's what I really I've want. gone for the soundtrack. I really want Matthew Vaughan to do a Bond film because then she'll come and watch it and take Aww. that do the soundtrack. I do actually think take that should do a James Bond film. I think they should. I think I they've want, earned a James Bond theme. I, I want, think if Duran Duran can do one. I want the Bond themes to go a bit more poppy again because mm. fuck it out. Sorry. Oh, I like Skyfall. Oh, it's a horrible song. I like Skyfall. I mean, I, I take my hat off to her for rhyming Skyfall with Crumble. Well, that's because she's got that weird Adele voice. And yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm. it isn't. But I just don't like Adele. Oh, I love Adele. No, I, especially in inter- interviews. No, see, in the interviews as well. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like Adele. I just. I, I'm. I, I shouldn't get onto James Bond because I'll, I'll bore everybody and we'll probably have a fight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still. As long as you don't don't utterly, this one, we'll be fine. I was just about to say, I'm just utterly disappointed that we didn't get more Dalton. This is. And I'll, I'll forever be disappointed that we didn't get more This Dalton. is the problem, I think. If Dalton had had a third one, he'd be a lot more accepted than he is now. Well, he's the best James Bond. Especially if you've read the books. But that's what I mean, yeah. If you've, if you've read any of the books. And I've, it was a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a teenager when I did. Well, I always saw Bond. Bond's a ruthless bastard. I never saw him as particularly handsome. Which, nothing against Timothy Dalton. I don't mean it's horrible, but he's. But he's, he's not handsome in a. No, but he's charming. Sean Connery wasn't. He's but, charming. But he, Dalton was very cold and. Yeah, he's got the piercing blue eyes um, of a killer. It's <laughs> kind of what Daniel Craig's doing there. Yeah, that that's when I I I thought actually everything's going to be okay. I quite like Daniel Craig because. Do I look like a give a damn? With, with no disrespect to Daniel Craig, he's fucking puggered. <laughs> But weirdly attractive with but it. Weirdly attractive. Like um, Cumber Bubbles. I mean... Pug ugly but really attractive. Daniel, my uh, my youngest son, is called Daniel because he pretty much arrived in this world like Daniel Craig running through a fucking drywall. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> pretty much. And he had that screwed up fucking... Like, <laughs> look on his face like he wanted to be anywhere else but where he was. <laughs> oh, bless him. I'm pretty sure if I'd have asked him if he wanted his bottle shaken or stirred, he would have asked me if I looked like he gave a damn. <laughs> to be fair, I did the same thing. I shot off the end of the table and the <laughs> midwife had to catch me. He just, <laughs> he just smashed his way out. It was horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> my wife would be Poor really wife. pleased <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but you know, I got letter of the month in Empire. <laughs> <laughs> really? She should have been awarded that accolade. Yeah, I got to buy me a big Harry Potter Blu-ray box set. The one that folds out and has got all the hidden shit in it. Ooh, okay. ooh, pretty. That was the 
best post gardening thing I've ever discovered has been delivered to my house. Because I fucking hate gardening. <laughs> Nature's a prick. But yeah, no, um, anyway, Stardust. Um, it was such. A, I know it was based on the Neil Gaiman book, but it was such an original fantasy thing, and it didn't really do very well. But it's such a great film. I think it's going to be cult favorite, like Princess Bride. I think so too. And even but um, mon- they don't look at it that way. They look at it money wise. I know that really upsets me because it's like um, the Tom Cruise film Edge of Tomorrow. I love that. It's a fantastic film. It's but a great it film. Didn't really make the money, which means you're not going to get any more original sci-fi. Really. What was wonderful? Something really wonderful about that film is Tom Cruise being likable again. Yes. Playing an actual character that's not just Tom Cruise, be or fair, being I given like the Tom chance. Cruise, though, to be I know, but he's he's often um, often has roles or is given roles that are very bland. Yes, and he hasn't got a lot to do with them. This. Oh yeah, no. I think anybody else playing to. a lot of the roles he plays yeah. would be you know, would be the same. You know, if, no disrespect to Ethan Hawke, but if you gave it to an Ethan Hawke, it'd be a straight to video. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it would just be another sort of. Like, mm, and then you've got Emily Blunt being completely wonderful. And what's brilliant is action movie, uh, male and female leads were not romantically engaged. And a female lead that isn't just kind of no, she fucking kicks ass. And and there's no romance. There. I love the look on her face when she just shoots him in the face yes. to kill him. Because <laughs> it's just a real sort of like you know, kind of like oh, for fuck's sake. It's not even called Edge of Tomorrow now with the DVD. No, it's, it's Lit Die Repeat. Lit Repeat, like the uh, book. No, the, the book story. is All You Need Is Kill. Oh, yeah. Because it was originally All You Need Is oh, Kill. Oh, that's right, okay. Then they changed it to Edge of Tomorrow, which I like Edge of Tomorrow, but it does also sound like a soap opera. It does. But I liked it. It's better than Live, Die, Repeat, which is just shit. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tagline. That's not a title. It is, but the tagline's become the title. Mm. Blah. <laughs> but yes, Stardust. Brilliant. And even Neil Gaiman said of the, of the ending that they changed the ending from the book, he said, I wish I'd have thought of that. Yeah. And it's, it's a perfect, it's just a perfect little thing. Well, I know he'd been shopping it around for a long time and he didn't like the things people were going to do to it because I think he gave Matthew Vaughan the rights for free to make it. Mm. So I like the way Matthew Vaughan makes films and that he'll make it and then get sell it to somebody yes. afterwards. Yeah. Which is the best way to do it because then he can do it the way he wants. Although I think Stardust was actually financed through Paramount. Oh, right. And I think that was the experience that then made him go and do kick ass the opposite way of him finding the money and then yeah. selling it afterwards. But yeah. the style is just great. You don't get fantasy films anymore. It's, it's timeless. We had a conversation a little while ago at work about what was the last summary blockbuster film that wasn't based on anything. Mm. And the only one that you know, anybody got really excited about. I mean, the only one, last one I can think of is Independence Day in 1996. And even that was a loose remake of War of the Worlds. I'm racking my brains now. Yeah. I'm actually racking my brains. Um, not really. Because um... nothing, they've either been comic book movies or remakes or based on a novel. Some more blockbusters. No? There's nothing. Well, possibly Speed 2 Cruise Control I mean <laughs> but Speed 3 Speed 3 had the best advert for it on Channel 5 and I still remember it just because I loved it so much and it was um, Sandra Bullock is running in heels <laughs> um, 
Sarah Black is running in heels. Willem Dafoe is off his mash, and Keanu Reeves isn't in this one. <laughs> That's Speed Two. <laughs> I'm more interested in Speed Two because it was originally meant to be Die Hard Three, or four. I think it was a rejected script for Die Hard Three, uh, which would have really worked with John McClane and his wife trying to repair their marriage on a cruise. Then... <laughs> that really would take oh. out all the nonsense about crashing the boat kind of shit. Amazing. Yes, that would have been that would have been great. It couldn't have been any worse than Die Hard Five. I didn't watch it. I did because I thought even a bad Die Hard film has got to be better than really a shit action film. And I kind of wish I'd just bought a straight to DVD Jean Claude Van Damme film instead because at least I would have had fun. <laughs> you should have um, watched um, White House Down instead. <gasps> love White House Down. I also love Olympus Has Fallen. Now, which one have I seen? Jared Butler's in Olympus Has Fallen, Channing uh, Tatum's in White House Down. White House Down. Really yeah. enjoyed that, because to me, that felt like a diehard film. But Olympus Has Fallen has got the winner just for the line by Jared Butler. <laughs> Everyone like, says this. Let's you and I play a game of fuck off, you go first. Yep. Everyone says that. Uh, <laughs> Which is yeah. the greatest line in a film ever. <laughs> I kind of want that on my tombstone. Let's <laughs> <laughs> play a game of fuck off, you go first. Oh, I'll go I'll, first. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go first. It would be changed to I'll go first. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> but, but yes, but uh, we've been running for over two hours now. Jesus Christ. Wrapped up. But this is cool. This is what this is nice. podcast is supposed to be. Just talking nerdy shit and people listening and at about the half hour mark I'm going to fuck this, am I? Yep. I'm going to download a Fat Man on Batman instead. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like all the nerdists, you know. <laughs> singing and, and, and talking bollocks is kind of what I do, um, and what I enjoy doing. And the problem is, is, is when I go and do it at, at BBC Gloucestershire, uh, is that you've only got an hour, and a lot of that is the news. And you there's another guest. Hour? Yeah, I'm on the, the um, I go on the panel once a month, um, and it's you and, and one other person cool. with, with Claire Carter for an hour. Uh, Claire Carter was the one who interviewed me who mentioned Winkleman oh right <laughs> oh, yeah don't piss off Claire no I didn't I like she's I nice Claire's, Claire's I, wonderful I just have Claudia Winkleman plus you also know that she loves Lars and Clark yes you now know that she loves Lars and Clark cool tell her I should get on to promote Drew Believers I will I'll slag off Radio Gloss show when we're not recording it's fine so <laughs> <laughs> <Fine>, does she <laughs> <laughs> No, she doesn't. She does. That's a complete lie. I'd, she would never do that. Wouldn't it be great if the never legacy of this podcast is you've is got somebody sacked? I've got Claire Carter sagged. Stop saying her name. Oh, I love her though. I love her. <laughs> yes, my, I will. I will make sure that she she gets you on. My the problem with being on the radio is in the back of my mind. All I've got is don't swear, don't, don't swear, don't swear. For God's sake, don't say fuck. <laughs> I've been bleeped out on Radio Gloucestershire before years ago when I was in off the cuff for using the term not gag. <laughs> like, what's wrong with knob gag? It was like my first time I've been on the radio ever. Well, that's the other side of my brain is going, don't just freak out and flop your knob out. <laughs> just answer questions politely, don't swear. Oh, God, oh, God. Mine is, don't talk about feminism, don't talk about feminism. <laughs> the thing is, from a feminist point, oh, shit. <laughs> I do it, I do it every time. And, and it's it's because I know that I should do it, but I know that eventually they're going to stop inviting me on. <laughs> I'm always because I'm very opinionated about things. So, like, you know, don't don't get opinionated. Don't get opinionated. 
Just just because you think something's stupid doesn't mean it. <laughs> Mine is probably don't be flippant, don't be flippant, don't be flippant. Because I'm on there pretty much as the comic relief. Yeah. Because um, that, that's kind of how I am. So we had the thing about um, Stephen Fry and his question, you'll ask God. Yeah. Um, and they tried to do it in a light-hearted way. And they asked the other woman who was on there with me and she said, well, obviously, um, I wouldn't ask him anything because he doesn't exist, so it's a stupid question. <laughs> and I said... Well, and the thing that cuts you is... <laughs> I said that oh yeah, it's not like you have to treat it as a serious question that's, that's like something you ask someone at four in the morning when you're saying things like would you rather have daffodils for hands or bananas for feet you know and I said my question I would ask which God, end of a mermaid would you rather be exactly and, and I said my question would be what, the, what is up with the double bounce <laughs> and she said what's the double bounce and I said well that's when you drop something go to pick it up and you haven't actually managed to pick it up and yet you start coming back up <laughs> so you have to bounce back down again what's with the double bounce and not for the first time and not for the last time either she see said. I just assumed I'd reached an age where I'd then managed to pick something up by the time I got to it I'd forgotten what I was doing <laughs> stand back up <laughs> then remember <laughs> no I think I think everyone's born with the double bounce problem <laughs> that's what I'd like my, my superpower to be to not do the double bounce to be able to pick things up on the first attempt <laughs> it's weird it's, like I say I, I find it difficult not to be opinionated especially as I get so annoyed everyone should be opinionated it's good but it's also in this internet age it's a pain in the ass because if you see something post about, mm-hmm. like you know, like when they revealed the new Supergirl outfit there's always some dickhead who's got a rubbish opinion mm-hmm. and not that it's a wrong opinion it's a rubbish opinion it's just not been thought out at all he's just got your that shit I'm a Doctor Who fan who doesn't really like Doctor Who fans because they can be absolute knobheads about the smallest thing and all oh, I want to whiny pricks the Christmas special all I want special. to put is if you don't like it don't watch it I liked this year's Christmas special so apart from the incessant need to age up a character again well, yes. I can only imagine they just got a really good deal on the makeup Plus, and I, don't want to waste it. I bet that's how they were going to. I can imagine the in the makeup thing, they're like, shit, all this prosthetic stuff's going to be going off soon, so we better, <laughs> we better use it. it. We better use it. It's like that on the BBC, I've done casualty. Who haven't we aged up recently? Yeah, because I think that's probably where Clara's cut off point was going to be. Yeah. And then they, she changed her mind about leaving and, and, and stayed on. So, But yeah, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I don't like. I don't adore every episode of Doctor Who, but I, I pretty much like all of them, except yeah. maybe Daleks and Manhattan. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's not and all going to be... Uh, yeah, it's all right. Um, it's not all going to be genius. Love and monsters. Oh, yeah, I heard <laughs> that one. But it's not all going to be genius, and there are going to be episodes that make your heart sore, like with any TV show. Yeah. If you don't like it, stop watching it. Like I say, the Christmas special, I really liked it personally. And it got really good reviews because I always like to go on and read the SFX review or whatever. And then instantly underneath, like, this year's some shit. This shit is bullshit. I'd quite like a Christmas special that wasn't set around Christmas or didn't shoehorn Christmas into it in some way. Um, I but, think the point of a Christmas special is that it's Christmassy. Yeah, but tell that to Downton Abbey. Because they're like, fuck Christmas. We should eat in summer. <laughs> We're not even going to get in fake snow. It costs money. We're going to kill off our dog because we named him after a terrorist organisation. <laughs> and we're down to Abbey and we can pretty much do anything we want because <laughs> we've got Maggie Smith. Oh, gosh, yes. 
Uh, I don't know why I like Downton Abbey, but I do. It's okay to like Downton Abbey. I'm way behind. I've only seen the first two series, but I enjoyed them. Oh, I shall tell you what happens to Matthew Crawford. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I, 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 I love him. Dan Stevens. Wow. Have you seen The Guest? Yes. The Guest is amazing. So fun. It's I really want to see it. It didn't come to Gloucester Cinema, but then when, as soon as the review copy came up for Starburst, I was like, me, I want it, I want it. I just... <sighs> It's a film that knows exactly what it is and plays up to it. Because I didn't know what to expect, because I always, you know, you just assume he's always going to be Matthew Crawley, because he's just... He's Matthew Crawley. Exactly. And he's always... Characters have always been a toffish British person. Mm -hmm. So, for him to play... And after that, I was I can see why they were throwing his name around as the new Snake Plissken. Yeah, he just it, it, it's joyous. The the bit where he has a grenade in each hand and he just bowls just goes and into like the donut. It's just the look on his yeah, face. He's just so happy. <laughs> just oh yeah, there's a moment where that film just goes, what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, it's wonderful. But I put wonderful. In, I put in my review that it will be your new favorite cult movie. Yeah. It's just it's, there was a bit. The cast that, are also good in it as well. They are. And I couldn't stop laughing at this one moment where he was sat on the edge of a bed, just staring out into the darkness intently. And I found it really funny because it was obviously taking the piss out of itself. Yeah. And other people in the cinema were kind of looking around at me as if I was being offensive. Like, no, are you not getting this? I think that's <laughs> the problem. People didn't funny. get it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose some people are a little bit dim on that. <laughs> um, it's like the people who used to think Alan Partridge was a real person. Yeah. Mm. Well, like Roger Moore's dad. <laughs> Roger's dad. Have <laughs> you not seen the thing with Roger Moore? Do you know the first episode of Alan Partridge was written for Roger Moore to come? Yes. Roger Moore's dad then rang him up after that show broadcast and bollocked Roger Moore for not showing up. <gasps> no! Oh, I love Roger Moore's dad now. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, glad we ended on the guest that's yes. an original movie that again probably didn't really make that much money <laughs> but we really really enjoyed I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get it on DVD weirdly John Carpenter-esque as well yeah. I want the soundtrack as well yeah again good soundtrack but again you can only download it and I don't really like downloading no. no I like having the physical thing I used to but like, that's my collector mentality I used to like having the physical thing when I had a CD player in my car but now I only have a cassette deck you're pretty much shit out of luck. Yeah, and my laptop, I only have a netbook, uh, not a netbook. Yeah, a netbook. Oh, so, so I don't have a CD drive yeah. or anything, so I have to download things if I want them. Yeah. So I don't mind, I'm not, you know, so snobby, I'm opposed to it, but I'd much rather own the physical thing. I mean, admittedly, with that, there isn't a physical options. <laughs> no, no, that's true. But I just, oh, I, I love soundtracks. It's the same yeah. as Netflix, I'd still much rather own the box set. So would I. I don't I, actually I can't go afford on. to at the moment. Yeah, no, I don't. And I've still got box sets that I bought that I've never actually got around to watching. And I, I'm behind on my Doctor Who box sets, and I like to have them all because normally, um, for Christmas or for my birthday, I'll ask my dad for the next Doctor Who box set. Um, the last one I bought was Series Five. I haven't bought one since. Oh, and I bought the 50th anniversary limited edition Blu-ray. That's why I was bought. Mainly because I wanted an adventure in space and time on Blu-ray. Oh, how good was that? Tears. Yeah, I so do not tears. mind saying tears. So many tears. It was it. It was well worth it, and I, I feel proud as in my soapboxy way that the first BBC female produced show was Doctor Who. That makes me really happy. But only because a man empowered her. Yeah, a man had power, I mean, so it was fine. You know, 
before you get on your female soapbox, just remember how a man put you out there. <laughs> I'm too short, of course, a man put me out there. Did you learn nothing from Twilight? <laughs> no, no one learned anything from Twilight. Other than the fact that Stephanie Mayer is a hack. <laughs> and Vampire Sparkle. And Vampire Sparkle. Actually, uh, there's, a, there's a, a Twilight dildo, speaking of the... Um, awesome, the does it sparkle? Ones. Yes, it sparkles and you put it in the freezer, freezer for that real dead feel. You know this weird image of, you know, like when you hold a torch up against your hand? <laughs> no, there was a picture that went with it. Your belly glows like you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> it glows from the inside. Oh, Christ. What a horrific image. Oh, wow. I feel quite sick. I you see, we were going to end that bombshell, bring it right back to Clark's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, partridge. And partridge and as partridge. well. Partridge. Okay, end of the guest. Yes. The guest. We ended on the guest. We didn't say anything about Twilight. Awesome. Cool. We should do this again. Yeah, we awesome. should do. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's nice to have a female on it instead. <laughs> oh, are you a bit low in, in female? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Well, there's a lot more female nerds now. Because when I was a nerd, well, I'm still a nerd, but when I was mm. first got into comics in the mid-90s, for one... You didn't go straight into a comic shop. You walked around the block a couple of times to make sure nobody was watching. Yep. And then you ran in really quickly. And all the windows were blacked out so nobody could ever see in. It's not like Forbidden Planet now where you can peer in from outside mm-hmm. and see everything. And girls just weren't into That's why I thought... It's not that they weren't into it. It's that it wasn't acceptable for us to be into it. Well, it's a, I suppose. But sort of the, I, there was that period where I had to put comics aside so I could start meeting girls. So I had to have them in a box marked See, porn in the exactly, bottom of my cupboard. That's just what I was writing to SFX about. I mean, people like you, Stuart. No, 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 because I <laughs> wanted to find a nerdy girl. <laughs> they just didn't really exist. <laughs> or they were such a niche market. Yeah, quite a niche market. And to be fair, most of... Most of the nerds that I know, male or female, we are all a bit bonkers. Mm. Because you've been repressed for so long. Yeah, I'm just finding someone who will embrace the bon- the bonkers and not notice the extra mi- Lego minifigs yeah. on the shelf. It's cool. She put, my wife puts up with my shit. I can't really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm amazed I found a woman that puts up with my shit without enabling me. <laughs> An enabler would be the worst thing for me. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I feel that pain. Yeah. <laughs> but... But yes, so Knowing Smirk Geek Week is... On the... This will probably 26th. go up tomorrow, so 26th of right, March. So it's the next Thursday at the Frog and Fiddle in Cheltenham. Cool. Uh, doors are at 7.30. Uh, we start at 8 o'clock. Awesome. Yep. For a night of geeky comedy. For a night of geeky comedy. And Do people have to guess which bit's scripted? No. That should be a new game. <laughs> what's scripted and what's not. Like Ready Steady Cook instead of... Green peppers and red tomatoes. <laughs> scripted and non-scripted. What? Green pepper for scripted. <laughs> red tomato for. Quite a good game. To be fair, some some months the stuff that's supposed to be scripted, people forget what they're actually doing, and so it goes unscripted. But yeah, yeah the bo- the boss gets kind of twitchy. <laughs> Her eyes start to twitch a little bit. She's she's not all mikely about going off page then. No. Or Woody Allen. <laughs> no, not so much because we spend so much time pulling them apart and putting them back together that she thinks that, you know... <laughs> if ever you get a sketch, you don't know how to end. Yeah. Just have somebody go off script. Just have a couple with the room just like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but no, we can't do that because everyone knows that. Damn it. I did write... My, one of the first sketches I ever wrote for Knowing's Work was um, myself and a gentleman called Dan Parker going off script. 
in inverted commas because I knew he would do it anyway so I, I did it as us going off script but it was scripted and people couldn't work out what was scripted and what wasn't or do the reverse of it where your script just goes up to go off script go off script it's just like kind of, shit um, <laughs> or just do the Fry and Laurie thing or just have somebody in the audience stand up in outrage yes yeah that always works Ripping off Fry and I always think any any live comedy show should have somebody planned in the audience just in case it starts to go wrong. Yes. Well, ours always goes wrong, but that's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> Schadenfreude keeps improv comedy alive. <laughs> I like improv, but I'm always worried that I've just escalated too far. There's no such thing as too far. Well, do <laughs> you start dropping the C-bomb? <laughs> it has happened occasionally, but only... Only where it would be comedically acceptable. Not because we're out of jokes, so we're going to drop the C-bomb. <laughs> well, you just call everybody dicks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was one last month where it was a teacher um, with the teaching assistant, and they're deciding to name the children. So you've got Ginger, Crying, Cunt, <laughs> Fat Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> And the, I'm going to have to put an explicit warning on sorry, this now when I'm I put sorry. it up on iTunes. Sorry, did I say C word? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, it, it's not used explicitly, but we also don't shy away from it if that's yeah. the progression for it. Um, I, I don't. Honestly, we sit in writer's room deliberating for like 20 minutes over whether it would be funnier to use bollocks or fuck. <laughs> I always go for the if it's in with Nail and I. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just uh, thinking back to you're, that. You're dying to shout Monty, you tell. No, no, I'm, I'm dying to shout, shout you filthy little spunk bubble. Crossy little spunk bubble. Crossy little spunk bubble, that was it. Just something from the... Chad Brad and Tad. Chad Brad and Tad, um, yeah. See, I kind of had this nostalgic, nice idea in my mind that you know, like the B Sharps episode of The Simpsons yeah. at the end, they all meet up. Just me, James, and Ross one day in the future meet up on a roof just to do Chad Brown. If you can get hold of James. Well, that's the real problem. Isn't yeah, it? he's a busy man. Because he used to host the quizzes for us, and then. He did. Obviously, with him going, which meant I sort of got thrown in the deep end of having to do it. Mm. And then I was never available on Thursday because I was know. busy doing some message. People see schedules. Schedules. <laughs> they're, they're, they're rubbish. They're rubbish. Host it on a Wednesday. I'm fine on a Wednesday. <laughs> Got Wednesdays free. Yeah, Corey's on on a Wednesday. Uh, I mean, manly shit's on on a Wednesday. <laughs> Corey's plenty manly. Plenty manly. It's still shit. Because it's northern. Because <laughs> it's, it's actually weirdly funny. I don't know if it's just because it's got Lister in it. It's the weirdest episodes of Red Dwarf I've ever seen. But. I know the weirdest episode of Red Wolf was the episode that actually had Coronation Street in it. Yeah, that wasn't great, but no. it's still better than the seventh series. Yeah, eighth, no, the eighth. Eighth. Better than the eighth series. Whichever one where it felt really American. The eighth. And they started making cultural references to things that were relevant at that time, which instantly dated the show. Seventh wasn't great. Eighth was terrible. And then was eighth where they were back on Red Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, because nine was the back to Earth one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, back to Earth. Ten was ten was the one that Dave did, which was actually very funny. Yeah, it, I, it made me laugh, and I was happy. To be fair, I don't find classic dwarf as fun as I used to. But I kind of think you sort of not grow out of things, but grow up with it to a degree, and then yeah. it, it's more a nostalgic thing than a 
Yeah, I, I can go with that. But I was a ma- I, I, well, I was a Red Dwarf convention person of the Dimension Jump Girl. So it's, it's why I don't find the British Empire at all funny anymore, despite as a ten or eleven year old finding it absolutely hilarious. Because it is hilarious if you're ten or eleven. Yes. Which is perfectly acceptable. But then you develop a comedy palette. Not the Red Dwarf's comedy palette was, mm. you know, below. <laughs> yes. Somewhere underground. It was somewhere. It was somewhere. Somewhere dead nailer underground. <laughs> Fuck you, you fat beardy prick. <laughs> Show us your two movies. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'm sorry. It's right. My movie is a movie about Tyrion Hamster. <laughs> They're all right. Yeah. He's getting antsy with me because he's not in his ball. Well, so we don't get attacked. We shall end it there. Um, yes, cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, neighbour. Cool. No in smirk. 26th. 26th this month. Cool. True Believers, 6th of February next year. Yeah. Get your tickets um, now. Tickets go on sale on Free Comic Book Day, 2nd uh, of May. Um, get your tickets on the 2nd of May. <laughs> there will be extra bonusy stuff for people who buy them early. Cool. Uh, awesome that is it uh, if anybody wants to write us a theme tune as well because we're sadly lacking one and that is it we are done thank you <laughs>